0: You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Legends of Runeterra. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. To become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash legendscast. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the legends of Runeterra. My name is Mark, or the Lift, from outside of Pittsburgh, PA, and with me tonight I have my legendary never faithful co-host, Dead Broke Nerd, and in addition to that, I have the ever optimistic and catastrophically creative Gibbles and Bits. How are you guys doing tonight?
1: I finally got my adjectives. I'm so happy.
0: We'll see if I stick with them, because they're not the easiest ones to remember. It's a rite of passage, but I actually
2: really like uh, the gibbies. I think those are perfect, so you're going to have to remember those for next week. I think we're going to lock those down. I
1: think that might be the best use of catastrophic. The most optimistic version of catastrophic I've ever (laughs) heard.
0: (laughs) Yes, well, I thought, you know, your deck creations are are very creative, um, but maybe in a catastrophic way. And it was supposed to be eternally optimistic. Uh, and I don't know what I said, but oh, that's okay. That's okay. Welcome said. to the show. <laughs> I don't remember what I said either. Welcome to the show. Uh, and uh, we've got a lot to talk about tonight, don't absolutely, we guys? Absolutely, yeah. We do. We we
2: absolutely got a do.
0: We got a ton of new cards coming out. Uh, we got... So much for Rise of the Underworld's coming. Um, But before we dive in too hard, it's always good for us to ask just like what's been going on in your life in terms of Runeterra this week. Uh, DBN, have you been playing any Runeterra this week or or getting any games Uh, No,
2: I have been solely um, just been taking a break and a breather from it so that I can like really dive in hardcore when the set drops. Now, that's not saying I haven't been following everything. And I actually watched... uh, the america's uh seasonal championship and loved i really enjoyed watching that um some good casters i gotta say highlight from the casting panel so like i've i've listened to like the last i followed the last couple um seasonal tournaments and uh and enjoyed them you know and and actually charmer was on the uh host desk this time uh which was good for him yeah that's cool and uh he's been on the show yeah he has um but i gotta say i i hadn't heard her before but uh amazonian um Mm -hmm. yeah she is an excellent caster really really enjoyed um just the fun loving you know uh, uh banter and stuff and Paired really well with Blevins, so I, I really enjoyed their uh, their dynamic, and and I really enjoyed the you know the very optimistic and goofy and pun induced uh, <laughs> cast that we got from them for the first half of it. So not no, I mean no no dishing on uh, on the other duo, but uh, but that was like a big and uh, you know factor for me really enjoying that. And what's interesting too is seeing the tournament meta and how that evolved and and what decks were being played in the tournament meta, which is so you know, both both telling when it comes to uh, you know, the the state of the game from a meta perspective, but also really interesting because you start act like acknowledging that there are certain, you know, very potent ladder decks that just don't make the don't make the cut in the majority of these top players' um lineups for uh competitive where it's all open deck lists and stuff like that. So and of course people are teching for certain matchups. So really my Week in Runeterra has not been playing, but mostly observing and then looking at all these new cards, which personally, it's been relaxing and I've been enjoying it. So I'm looking forward to jumping in with actually playing the game again on Wednesday.
0: Yeah, I will. Uh, we'll go to give you in a minute, but I I'll echo that. I actually haven't booted up Runeterra in a week. Um, I uh, I took a break from it. We had some bad games on stream like a week ago. <laughs> I was there for that. <laughs> I've been really digging. Yeah, I've been really digging on TFT. Um, and so I've been playing a lot of. I know that like people say the TFT meta is really bad right now. I just disagree. Um, so I've been really enjoying TFT and following along and sort of watching as these new cards come out, examining these new cards thinking a lot about that and and just it's been enjoyable you know Jeff who we don't talk about enough on the show but he's our admin our lead admin for the discord uh always pings us uh you know whenever that stuff comes out and he's on the ball it's like it comes out and he's pinging us with it and so uh we got we got you know I I look forward to like the same time every Mm -hmm. day getting that ping jumping on taking a look at the cards for the day and we certainly have some cool stuff to talk about and only one set of cards left that we haven't gotten you know revealed yet that we're going to talk about next week in addition to all of the, the the patch notes because there's supposed to be a lot of changes to existing cards that we're going to get to see tomorrow as well we're going to release this episode a little bit early uh, that way people can hear our conversation about the cards uh, prior to them actually being available for play um, but Gibby have you been uh, have you been better than us uh, us heathens uh, who have not been playing the game have you gotten some Runterra in or are you also just looking at the new cards
1: I don't know if I would say better than you heathens, but yes, I still have been in the game. I have been playing uh, a moderate amount. I think I I think I finally hit a point last week where I resigned myself to not touching ladder um, versus just playing some casuals. Um, and I've been playing a bunch of um, just a bunch of fun decks that I I don't know if they will be around. Um, or even playable, or if I end up modifying them by the not time we have the expansion drop. So I'm just enjoying playing the cards and playing the decks that I know are like somewhat winnable decks right now. Um, that I've that I've either made or or other people have made and I've stolen. Um, yes, shameless plug. I've stolen some decks, but I changed my avatar on Discord to be my uh, to channel truly who I am, and I now have the Fun Smith as oh, my avatar I on discord. And uh, I think DBN agreed with me when I, when I shot him the idea of uh, using that as my, as my avatar, he was like that embodies a lot yeah. about you. You are the fun Smith. So, um, so <laughs> I've been using that as kind of motivation in LOR. Um, I've been playing a lot of my troll deck, um, i think that just a deck is really really fun which but we haven't they're... even
0: talked about on on the show yet but we do need to sometime in the it's... future
1: we will we'll if, get to if it's it. still viable It'll... if it's still viable i, I don't patch. see a,
2: a reason why it wouldn't be viable after the patch it's just pure mid-range board centric uh, you know beef mm-hmm. cakes uh but it's uh i mean it may get up the meta
1: slows at all oh if, yeah if the meta slows down at all this deck becomes more viable so it's it's it'll be really cool to see, um, especially if there's a focus on AoA AoE board clears and stuff like that with all this regen yeah, stuff. will yeah. be, it'll, it'll it'll be pretty out there. So we can talk about it in depth at another time. But yeah, I've been playing some LoR, I've been enjoying it. Um, really been uh, diving deep into the the new cards as well that we've seen on Discord. So um, shout out to our Discord real quick and everybody who's been chatting in there. Uh, I think this has been overwhelmingly the most enthusiastic, and I'm even not enthusiastic, I think that's maybe the bad word, a bad word to choose. I think it's been the most positive and most healthy um, patch reveal season I've seen in quite some time in terms of the discussion, and that has made me more excited for the release of these cards. There is more talk about experimenting, there's more talk about creating um, new, uh, just concoctions, and even people teaming up and making them, which I think is really encouraging. Um, It hasn't been so much about um just degradation about just complaining and all the things that they wish were happening so it's been it's been really really cool for me for that
0: i think that's because over a year and a half i've been kicking out all the <laughs> people who, uh, who, who, who 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 crap in our discord on uh, on release schedule time and uh, i finally uh, as a point of victory guys I have finally weeded them all out, (laughs) uh, evidently. And I I think I can say that because I highly doubt that they actively listen to the show. Um, It took me a year and a half because I hate kicking people out of Discord. I passionately hate it. Um... But, uh, you know, it, it, it's happened a few times. And now uh, everybody everybody has a, a safe place to be excited about the new cards and the theory.
2: Cards. I will say, great, although, great. you know, Mark's garden tending and pruning has been effective, uh, I, I also I think that it's a testament to two things. Uh, the positivity anyways. And I've seen it not just in, you know, in our discord, but in other venues. There's like just a general air of like optimism. It comes from two things. One, I think it comes from, like, um, Riot promising a lot of changes, like a lot of balance changes along Mm -hmm. with this patch, Mm -hmm. which, obviously, we'll have to see if they deliver. But them saying, yes, we're going to change some stuff, we're going to change a lot of stuff, that, I think, just eases people's, um, you know, sort of nerves about what, you know, day one patches is going to look like. I don't think people particularly loathe when a you know a new deck becomes the big popular thing over the first 2 weeks because it's something different at least you know so so when you have uh, a zero relic pops up for the first week that was fine people are like oh okay it's really powerful we're learning how powerful it is we're learning how to play around and beat it fine that's interesting uh it's when it sticks around for forever you know and like that was the whole situation with i think the shirema um uh expansion the first the the bait the base shirema expansion uh, was kind of cloudy with uh with some negativity because we knew we weren't really going to be getting changes to uh, the TF is that was dominating everything at the time um you know so so I think like uh if you know having that precedent of yes we're going to change stuff okay now enjoy the reveals uh, I think having that uh it, you know it in the in the situation is is for sure good but I think it's also a factor of there is a lot of cool and really interesting kind of brain-burning cards uh, that are getting previewed in the cycle that are really getting people excited. I think that's a testament to the design team, you know, saying, "Here, let's let's flesh out some smaller, you know, less you know underserved archetypes." Let's also give these new ways to play a lot of you know cool options. They're not going be, there's a lot of text. I mean that that's a big thing actually I, I want to talk about is the amount of text on cards in this set is is actually like increasing, I think, compared to average. Um, which I, I'm okay with. Um, that's just something I've noticed is the text is beca- these cards are just becoming a little more complicated uh, in a good way. Not quite in an Ophelios way, but in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I, I'm really excited. I mean, anything else before we dive into some some Carterville's guides or?
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's jump in because there's so many cards that we want to talk about. We do want to cover them all, and there's three of us. So uh, we're going to spend most of the evening talking about these cards. Um, but before we do that, I just want to give a thank you to all of our patrons who make this show possible. You can support the show over at patreon.com slash legendscast. A special thank you to Mr. Purple, a.k.a. Ben, who became a patron of the show, a longtime listener and supporter. I think a listener since episode one uh, was a lover of Tessel before he became a lover of LOR and is now actually just become just genuinely a good friend of mine. Ben and I have spent a lot of time together uh, over the past year or so. As He's become a, a prominent member of our online church as well. And uh, so thank you, Ben, for your support. Um, and uh, and we, we appreciate you man thank you so much if you want to support us like I said patreon.com slash legendscast the link is in the description of the episode come and join us uh, we'd love to have you come in and, and, and join us become a supporter and uh, there are benefits not a lot right now but there will be more of them as, as we work some stuff out life has just been crazy over the past couple of months and when we mm-hmm. sort of settle things back in we're gonna get back to, to publishing the Mulligan and stuff for y'all um, and we are excited yeah we, that, we, uh, we along with a couple other we, we have
2: like three different like episode ideas for the mulligan uh without even having planned yes. it. We're, we've been like making a short <laughs> yeah. list of all these mulligan topics.
0: <laughs> yeah. And we just haven't had the time to jump in. Adding uh, Gibbles to the show uh is a complexity in and of itself. And, and that's a really good thing and a healthy thing for the show. And we're really excited about that. We want to make sure that that goes really, really well. And that's our highest priority mm-hmm. right now is making sure the, the addition of Gibby goes really well and we transition into that new season well and then we'll be able to sort of look back and adjust some other stuff so uh and add some new content which we're we're really excited about but let's go ahead and dive into card talk because that is what it's all about tonight the whole episode guys other than this beginning portion is all talking about the card so let's go ahead and jump in what the is that Okay, guys, we're going to take the cards grouping by grouping. We've seen every one, but the most recent grouping, which is going to have Echo in it. And DBN, you're going to kick us off. We're going to take turns looking at groupings of cards and having good discussion about them. So uh, uh, DBN, why don't you kick us off talking about this first set of cards we haven't talked Happily. about yet. Uh, so we have, uh,
2: so so last week, just a reminder, we did talk about the first four cards. That's all we had seen so far. It told us how Lurk worked, uh, and it also showed like the hex uh, Hexite Crystal. That you would uh that that kind of sets the stage a little bit for how pnc's gonna operate right um so we so we saw those first few cards um so we're kind of starting back from what you guys seen like have seen over this last week so just just bear that in mind but I think they we're talking about and one of the things that that's really cool is in this set I'm gonna say uh and kind of introduce there is a card that I feel really validated about uh because I I, I predicted it Uh, Even with just like the first bit of lurk, so but we'll we'll get to that. So first we have the uh, Zerksai Caller. This is a Shireman three drop with the stats uh, two attack, three defense, and the lurk keyword. Now, uh, even though I was just talking about how there's a lot of text on these cards, this one this one doesn't. Uh, All it does is it says play predict. So it's another Shereeman Predict card, uh, but this, of course, with Lurk, will hopefully allow you to sort of create that consistency on the top of your deck and be able to trigger Lurk, uh, which if you can do that, it'll come up to the average stat distribution of a 3-3. Guys, what do we think about this?
0: I think this is a great card and if you're going to play my big question coming into this is is there going to be enough lurk in either Sharima or in P&Z to explore out of the Pike Rexi combo, right? I want to know if there's enough. And this is a conversation that I'm going to be having throughout these cards. I will say this that if you are playing Sharima, I think this card is really strong because this is the package, right? This has this has predict and it has lurk. Both things that you're looking for. I love seeing both of those things on the same card. And honestly, if on turn three, you're getting an even stat distribution, if you're playing straight lurk, it's actually not even unrealistic for this thing to come down, attack, and be a 4-3 on its attack. that's, That's very, very reasonable to have happen. If you got an attack on turn one, or if you got a free activation of an attack because of the Piranha's card or whatever we talked about last week, on your opponent's turn two. I mean, you could this could potentially come down as uh come down and attack and come out if you if you were really reliable on Lurk, come down as a five three, a three mana five three. That that isn't gonna go away. So I like that. If it, it it seems like Lurk really wants to curve out, play a lot of Lurk, keep Lurk on top of your deck. This helps that continue to come and you really, you know, give you some reliability on and the artwork is incredible on this card. I freaking love the artwork on this cool. cards. So uh, yeah, I think that uh, Zerk's Eye Caller for me—that's a big thumbs up. I, I think it's a cool card and has a lot of what you're going to be looking for in the Lurk package. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's simple. It's it's a it's just a simple, good placed card in what Lurk wants to do. I agree with you, Mark. With um, Lurk seems to want to really play tempo. Um, it wants to continuously have somewhat of a board presence and punish anybody who foregoes turns. Um, not challenging units or not blocking. Um, And I think this is a really good tool to establish in the early to mid game um, for Lurk to trigger further Lurks um, and just always give you an option to play. Um, It survives a lot of board clears too, which I think is something that's going to be really important. I think with Lurk, um, especially some of the more smaller units that we're seeing come out with Lurk, it seems like there is going to be. I think there's going to be a couple different strategies for Lurk where you can maybe build a more aggressive package to it. You can build some more, uh, just a little bit more of a mid range to late game um, build with some bigger units as well. So overall, overall, though, Lurk is going to want to put uh, several things on the board. And if this is surviving board clears, which is going to be everyone's first answer when trying to deal with Lurk, is kill as many things in one fell swoop as they can. Um, I think this is a really good card just because a lot of board clears tend to be two damage across the wave or one damage across the wave. Um, if it's going to be something like uh, like Whale or if it's going to be an Avalanche or bled Ravine, this will survive a lot of that and just continue the pressure.
0: Yeah, yeah. I agree. Deep did do you have other thoughts about the yeah, card?
1: Yeah, my, my criticism of the card um,
2: is that uh, it's never going to see play outside of Lurk ever. This card... Oh, that's you know, true. um that's yeah. that's my that's my only critique I think there are actually and I've been impressed with a lot of the uh, lurk cards not all of them but there's a enough of the lurk cards especially the bilgewater ones that I think are playable outside of strictly um lurk right Interesting. um and we'll we'll talk about those okay. as it gets closer uh but i I think this one is is a bummer especially because you can't even play it for the predict because you would just play aspiring Chronomancer which has the exact same stats for one less um you know, mana cost. So I, I think I would have loved to have seen a slightly different stat distribution that would perhaps incentivize you running a cheap predict unit. Um, you know, that that would make you consider, oh, do I want this instead of aspiring chronomancer, even if I'm not getting lurk value? That to me would have been, felt a little better. I think that this was a two four. I, I wouldn't complain about it. But anyways, I you know, it's a good card for lurk. I just you know that that's my critique. Um, next card, we've got feral prescience. Uh, Feral Prescience is a zero-mana Shirima card. Spoiler, the, my, the set that I'm doing right now, these next three cards, they're all Shurima. Um, It's a burst speed spell. It's a rare, uh, and it is uh, all it does is predict. Zero-mana predict at burst speed. Uh, this is surprising to me. I'll just preface this, and I'll just say my whole spiel now. Uh, surprising to me because there's a lot of predict out there uh, in stream already i was not expecting to see one more predict tool especially on a spell especially after we got scrying sands in the last pack um so you know mm-hmm. it, i don't know how i don't know how good this is gonna be I, I i to me i'm i'm like looking at this like i'd rather spend a mana and get a really flexible you know stat decrease
0: um but uh, but what do you guys think here feral prescience my, my gut reaction, DBN, was just like, I, I felt the same way. I was like, is this a necessary card? And then I thought, okay, let's look at Scrying Sands. It does give something minus to attack that is beneficial, um, and I, I do like that. However, what it, what it also does is it costs one mana, and I think oftentimes your ability to Lark is going to be very important turn one, two, three, four and a lot of times you're going to want to curve out spend all of your mana you're going to want to play a one-on-one a two-on-two a three-on-three and this doesn't require you to have an extra mana or a spell mana you can predict entirely for free i don't think that this is any i don't think you put this and scrying Sands in your deck and i don't think that you run this in place of scrying sands in most decks but in the Lurk decks or decks that you want to curve out really hard and add a little bit of reliability and you have enough draw in your deck to deal with having a zero mana virtually do nothing card other than put something on top of your deck that you may or may not want there. Um, I, I think that it could be in that deck that just wants to curve. It's going to play one card every round. It's not as worried about playing multiple cards. It's not running out of cards. So I think in, a, in this situation where I'm playing a one, a two, a three, it's like,, uh, I'll play this just to ensure that I'm going to get the lurk this round, so that's the only thing that I could see for it, whether or not it's going to be necessary, maybe you have enough lurks you don't have to worry about it, I don't know, but that was my only thought in there's a there's a there's a in like the tight curve decks that's the place where I would want to see this over scrying sands, otherwise <clears throat> I'm choosing scrying sands every day because it's a two for one, yeah. you know mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, exactly what you said. Really not much more commentary needed on this card outside of it's it's a mulligan condition if you find your one drop because and you're and you're going first. So that way you can drop a one drop lurk, you can predict, put something on top of your deck and trade. See it. that it gets you going early. But it's not worth it to me if you are gonna go down in card advantage. Yep, like that's that about is what to me. there's so yeah. Yeah, there's there's so many there's so many other cards that will give you predicts or so many other more valuable deck slots. This, this this you'll look at this every single time. I think once once the set releases, everyone's gonna look at this and go, I want to put this in my deck, but they're gonna look at the other options and say, okay, if I see this in the mid to late game and it's just a predict card slot talk deck, do nothing outside of the predict. It doesn't draw me the card. It doesn't. Yeah. Um, plays anything on board's got no effect i think that's a feels bad moment i think people are going to have some feels bad moments with this seeing it in the late to mid game um even as an aggressive deck and this will slowly make its way out of refined it's the
2: it's the warning shot effect
1: right like warning shots
2: great for Mm -hmm. enabling a lot of the things that builds what it does Um, but if you're if you're having to main deck it there's so many times where you just draw it and just just punt to your opponent because you, you can't do anything it's it's usually not worth the card slot um in your deck and, and even even back when um bilgewater had you know Rex before the double nerf right like riptide Rex, like you would still find other ways to trigger uh the plunder usually and and the it was great when you got it off the grifter right So, like, that's the issue I have with Feral Prescience is that, like, you know, people already, very, very rarely do they run warning shot even when they're trying to do, like, plunder nab shenanigans. Like, they still usually don't run Mm -hmm. it. They'd rather run Overwhelm, a unit-based way to do that same thing, which is to do a tick of damage. Well, we just looked at a card that has a unit-based predict. You could do ancient machinations as well, or ancient preparations, excuse me, you know, for a landmark, uh, do uh you predict and then two turns later you get a unit. So like uh, you know I yeah that that's my criticism. I think it's the warning shot effect. I think people are it's going to end up on the cutting room floor 90% of the time. Um next card, another Serima card, 3 mana burst spell. It's a common. This one caused a, uh, a quite a bit of uh, you know excited conversation. Um so I'm not going to you know give my thoughts on it. Careful preparation, burst speed to play. Place a card from your hand into your deck. Predict, then create a copy of the chosen card in hand. Hmm. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is one of My- those. He- uh. This is one of those
1: head scratchers. I mean, it's a lot of text. Like you said, it's starting. You're starting to to delve into a pretty text-heavy card, and I think people will get the feel of it as they actually get to play it. But it's got some implications to it. Um, this is a card that I think if not planned around properly could get out of hand pretty quickly. Um, but I like the design of it actually, um, to play, place a card from your hand into your deck. Okay. So you are taking a card. It's almost, so it's a, it's a one, it's like rummage, but just for the one card, um, Predict, then create a copy of the chosen card in hand. So you are effectively manufacturing another copy of something that is already in your deck, which is pretty cool. Well, good. now it's on top, um, too. Mm-hmm. So
2: you get a copy and you'll get another right. copy when you draw.
1: So, I mean, so a, a, a thoughtful, well. experienced player will draw, will, will pick something that they'll, they're okay with getting now. And may, most likely, they'll probably pick something that they want to get now or they will get something that they're okay drawing as well again. Um, you don't
0: necessarily get the second copy of it, right? Because it just shuffles a co- the card into your deck, puts a copy in your hand, and then it predicts. And so if you don't get the thing that you shuffled into I'm, your deck in the I'm, three cards, it won't No, I, I'm top.
2: pretty sure uh, you predict, and then you choose a card from the predict, and then that's the card you get a copy of because it's the chosen mm-hmm. card. Yeah. Oh. So if you so if you would shuffle oh. in a let's say a I'm trying to th- a, a Zerk caller. You shuffle Zerk Sai, you're like, "I don't need this card." Um you predict, you say, "Oh shoot, it's Kahiri." And Kahiri is like a big buff boy now. All right, let me grab a copy of him now and also one is now on top of the deck. Or likewise for Lurkers. You okay. know, you could say, "Oh, here's Rexi. I'll take a copy in my hand." And now there's a Rexite also on top of the deck.
0: Yeah. Okay. I, I'm picking up. I'm picking up what you're laying down here. Yep. And that's an interesting point you just made mm-hmm. there, uh,
1: Ian. Is that there is no like some some text very carefully and very specifically will say follower yep. unit things like that. This just says yeah, card. You can get more than which... one copy. Actually, this is one of two cards that can
2: allow you to get quite a few extra copies of champions. Uh,
1: you know, in your deck and or hand. So th- that's a thing now. And I have to say, I'm surprised that they went this route with the card because there is a another card that already exists in the game called Iter of Improvement that specifically says Follower, yeah um and granted that's pulling from the board versus your deck it's it's not the same realm of where it's pulling from on the predict versus pulling from the board even though iterative improvement can pull from your opponent's board um it's but it is interesting to me that they didn't try to match those and sync those up um i would have thought that they wouldn't want you for that cheap create cycling something you don't want in your hand and then iterative is p and z though like true but the minute you see but th- these will these will these will be compared when in in kind of I deck guess. choices i think of um. it more like rummage like what you said earlier like
2: i i think about this as like you're for the discard well, part no not even for the discard part but strictly for the rummage you actually go down a card like you you net loss a card but in doing so you improve your hand right um and of course you know hopefully at least in discard aggro you are also getting added benefit off of discarding this is the same thing but for lurk it, it, it you don't you don't cycle through as many cards right but you are taking a card that you don't want in your hand and uh massively improving it by basically getting three choices of something that it can be instead and then stacking your deck that's the kicker aspect like discarding for discard aggro with rummages the kicker aspect is the i get to put something on top of my deck and it might be lurk right um so to me you know looking at this card it's it, at three mana. It, it's a harder sell than rummage is at one mana. Uh, but for lurk, there's always that opportunity. And and like you highlighted, being able to get duplicates of champions is always super beneficial, um, especially because like you'll get that champion, and then if the, assuming that thing is uh, played, the next copy that you draw on your next turn will now become a champion spell, which sometimes can actually be right. quite potent, and, and that actually can increase the level of sort of agency that somebody has they could identify hey i don't really need this champ but i could really use that champ spell uh that's gonna get that for me so yeah
0: no it's um neat card i really see this like zillion like you have zillion on the board you play this you find a time bomb. You put a time bomb mm-hmm. in hand and put one on top of the deck. You play your time bomb. Draw your second time bomb. Play your second time bomb. End around. You level up Zillion. Yeah. You know. No, exactly. Um, I think there is. It's. I think it's. That's where I'm seeing it. Like not with Lurk as much. I'm. I mean, I'm sure it's fine with Lurk. But my excitement is with Zillion. I think is like okay. Yeah, I want Zillion to be better. I, th- I think this could make Zillion oh, there's, better. A, there's a lot. There's a lot <laughs> that can make specific... Zillion better. I think. <laughs>
1: There is a very specific Yord card that we're going to talk about pretty soon, which I'm really excited for these two, for this card and that card to go together. Because sure. I think this yeah, is going we, to be a fantastic combination. We've been talking about that,
2: but I'm, I I have other plans for that card. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so last one from the set, uh, Zerkside Doombreaker, another pretty simple one. Six mana Shirima unit, it's a lurker. Uh, It has overwhelm and lurk as the keywords, and it's three attack, six defense. All I'm going to say here, it's obvious what this is intended to do. Um, It honestly probably doesn't make that much discussion, but I'm going to pat myself on the back here because I pretty accurately identified just off of looking at lurk last week that, oh, they're going to have to give lurk units, they're going to print lurk units with one of the big three keywords being um, fearsome, overwhelm, or elusive. So because that's how you will leverage the increased stat blocks on the attack uh, to uh, to actually punch damage for a W. If you don't have those keywords, then uh, all of that lurking is just going to get chump blocked by spiders. spider. So this is one of uh, the units that is going to be demonstrating, hey, at least off of the Shirima Zerk Sai lurkers, uh, we're trying to create big units. We're getting uh, overwhelm on them and punching through all the damage we stack up throughout the game with lurk. Um, yeah, feels good. Also looks like a giant um uh what what beetle, yeah. yeah it
0: beetle. looks like the one uh,
2: that Pokemon, so that's pretty cool. Uh
0: Hexerus yeah.
2: Her- Heracles. See. Heracrox yeah, like fighting fighting bug, yeah. I think. Yep, yep, that's uh, the, the fighting bug yeah. Pokemon. Um, yeah.
0: I I don't I don't have anything to add. This is a payoff card. Yep. for Lurk probably goes in your Lurk list if you're running Sharima Push your to like towards should. the end. Or just you don't like that one, it. Gibby? Uh, what do you? Wh-
1: I don't think I don't think it'll be potent enough. I think there's going to be other lurk tools. I think you'll I think at some point swarm in your late game if you've got the card draw and you've got the hand. I think you'd rather just swarm four units that are going to be because a lot of the other lurk. Units have a base attack of one or two, which is not far off from the three. Granted, they won't have overwhelm, but I think there's going to be something said for a lurk, for a lurk swarm at some mm-hmm. point. I think you see this term even even on curve. If you haven't gotten a couple effective lurks, because let let's, let's remember, there is the opportunity if you don't effectively get to predict every single time that you lurk. Or you're, you're attacking before you before you attack. If you don't always get to predict and guarantee that there's a lurk, there is the opportunity for you to miss a sure. lurk if you aren't load absolutely loading your deck with lurk. And I think with that possibility, mm-hmm. this is a card that's got a bit too much downside. To if you've only hit lurk once or twice by the time you draw it, and even if it is on curve, you look at this, you say it's a four six for six. With overwhelm, it's probably not hitting overwhelm for much. I just don't. I just don't. Sure,
2: I I think there's an argument saying that like as soon as you get to six cost and higher, it becomes um, most most decks don't play six drops and higher that are stat blocks. Um, They usually play things Mm. that have abilities. Um, You know, I I, I, in my mind, I compare this to Ruin Runner, Ruin Runner being a six four for five, uh, but having spell shield uh, and overwhelm. This has which is pretty lurk good. and overwhelm. It's
1: fantastic. Um,
2: so you know, even Darius, who could oftentimes have ten five with overwhelm, doesn't doesn't really get played outside of very niche uh, scenarios. So I see what you're saying. Uh, that being said, I also want to reiterate: printed overwhelm is always good, and it's been proven over really the last year, I think people really overlooked Overwhelm for a long time, but printing Overwhelm on a card, uh, I I think can always mean that it can slot in, especially in environments where there's not too much, like, stun uh, or, like, direct kill, Um, just simply because, you know you're going to be able to punch through damage. So like when when control is is a little bit uh, you know, weaker or if it's greedier and it's going for more like the, the board-based attrition style, uh I I think that overwhelm just as a printed keyword is one of the best in the game always and forever. Um so I'm not counting this one out yet, but I do I do doubt that I'd ever play it as a 3 by I think it would only ever be a 1 or a 2 uh at most. So I see what you're saying, Gibby.
1: Uh, do you want to take us through this uh, this next one, Gibby? Gladly, I feel honored that I get to get the champion pack. It was completely um, random. So...
2: You know, I mean, we we talked about it. Mark and I were worried; we weren't sure if you could handle it,
0: but, but? I think you get both champion packs. Actually, I,
1: I already did the math. I do. Anyway, <laughs> I get oh, all three <laughs> double. I, if 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 you gave me three sets of these of these different groupings to pick from. I got all 3 of my top favorites that oh, I man. want to discuss. let ahead. I haven't even looked so. at
2: it. Okay. Oh man, <laughs> it's it's pretty it's pretty all spicy.
1: Right. I am I'm excited. All right, so let's do, let's dive into it. Let's hit the champion first, and I'm actually going to have to rearrange the way I'm looking at this just because they Riot likes to put the level 1 champion version on the right for some reason. <laughs> so Rek'Sai, uh, when I lurk, so it's a 3 cost champion lurker. Uh, three uh, attack, six defense at the, kind of the base level. So it's got lurk, and it says, when I lurk or attack, grant lurker allies everywhere plus one, plus zero. Round end, place me into your deck. Um, so the level up requirement is when I attack with 10 plus power, um, when I level up, so it, so it levels up upon having 10 plus power while attacking. Um, when I level up, create three random lurker followers in hand and again it, it'll get the um, the level it'll get a, the plus one plus uh, one buff like most all champions do. So at level one, um, this is a pretty cool, pretty cool champion. It's got some good stat block here um, and it's got two different ways to kind of start to to gain some steam with the lurker attack. So I'll throw this over to Mark first. Uh, Mark, what is your impression of level 1 Rek'Sai?
0: Well, you know, it's interesting. The one other thing that it picks up at level 2 is it picks up overwhelm as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, that is not inconsequential because... Um, overwhelm is, like we just talked about, it's powerful and it's a 3-mana 4-7 with Overwhelm and Lurk that's just going to keep getting bigger. I think this card is just really menacing. Um, it's going to be very, very difficult for you to kill this thing because it's a 3-6 on 3. So, I mean, it's just stat block is really big. It's going to be really hard to handle it when it first comes down. You're very rarely going to be able to kill it. So it's almost always going to go in back into your opponent's deck. Now, that being said, that's anti-tempo. So this deck that wants to play tempo, I think is going to keep shuffling your Rek'Sai back into your deck until you level it up. And unless you have a way to increase the attack of this thing, it is going to take you a long, long, long time to get to seven lurks. It is going to be a... I mean, we're talking, if you're not lurking on your opponent's round, 14 rounds before you are going to get a chance to get this thing to be leveled up, that is crazy. Unless you are boosting this thing's attack with maybe combining it with Noxus or something, which isn't really where you want to go. If you're going to be going to Bilgewater, there's not a lot of great ways to just artificially boost or burst attack um, like on, uh, on your turn. And so if you had a reliable way to level this thing up early, I think it's pretty menacing. Um, but other than that, it's challenging for me because of how much anti-tempo it is. You attack with it, sure, you might clear something or... Your opponent just might be like, you know what, I'm just going to take the three or four damage to face because you're going to shuffle this thing into your deck and have to go find it later. That being said, three mana, three, six is pretty crazy, and if you do get it leveled up, three mana, four, seven is nuts, Um, and your opponent's going to have a hard time dealing with that. So I'm a little (laughs) uncertain about Rek'Sai. I'm looking at him, and I'm thinking like, okay, or her, and I'm thinking, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I can see where this has potential, um, but I can also see where you don't want your three drop to go back into your deck. You want your three drop to stay on the stinking board where you put it. Um, and that's that's my, I don't know, first thought on it. Uh, I, I like its champion card more than it. But DBN, any, what's your Yeah, so
2: by? flavor-wise, I think it's so cool. It's just a big, giant tunneling worm monster, right? So it pops up. It's huge. It's way overstated. And then at the end of the round, it tunnels back into your deck to pop up on another day. Thematically, really, really cool. Um, I think that uh, the big things to remember here with Rek'Sai... Uh, is that if if you're playing Rek'Sai, these sharima based lurkers and i kind of want to stress like i think that there's a a hybrid lurk package between all you know both Bilgewater and uh Shurima that plays extremely high tempo right um and it's just like slamming lurk after lurk after lurk uh, and and in that deck um you know, I'm not convinced Rek'Sai is, uh, should be considered a three-drop. I think that Rek'Sai should really be more considered a um, like a spell, almost, where you assemble a board hmm. of, of Lurker units, drop Rek'Sai onto it on your turn to attack, buff all of those other units. Like I don't think it's really a good three-drop play in that style. Um, that said... Here's my other thought on it, which is what's so cool about this. I think there's also another style where you're trying to like turbo level Rek'Sai, right? Where you play Rek'Sai on like turn four or five after it's gotten one or two lurks off. Um, You have banked spell mana, you swing and drop a inter buff here, right? Now. In Shirima, you have the relentless pursu Nope. uh ruthless predator. There it is. I always mm-hmm, mix that mm-hmm, up with relentless mm-hmm. pursuit. Ruthless, Ruthless <laughs> Predator uh is great for this because it will give your giant defensive stat block unit um something to interact with. Just like um, Mark said, you know, they're gonna want to probably ignore the damage going to face uh from this because it'll just go away, kind of like an ephemeral unit, right? Um So you go ahead and you say, okay, my Rek'Sai is now challenging one of your units. And Srima. that's their whole removal package, by the way, is, you know, challenging and making things vulnerable. Um, That's how they remove stuff. So in this case, Rek'Sai loves to play with that stuff. Um, Then uh, something that also popped up in my head in a slower paced deck, which again, I think is, is potentially an option. Um you've got a, these you know four or five drops uh you got that six drop uh lurker these things are very very potent once they get their attack stat up so lurk might be a great thing to to be maxing out with the Sereb side but yeah pairing it with Noxus pairing it with uh maybe Demacia and like uh Repost or Repost I don't really know how to say mm-hmm. that word Um Yep uh, could potentially be really interesting um, and uh, sort of turbo leveling Rek'Sai all in one turn not playing Rek'Sai every turn throughout the game like you would try to do with Katarina um, because that that's the clearest point of comparison is Katarina and how Katarina you know, comes down and does the thing and then bounces to your hand that's not really what Rek'Sai is going to do Rek'Sai is going to come down, be a great blocker for a round um, and then you're going to lose that 3 mana investment, you just need to make sure that on those turns where you play it you're getting enough value that the three mana was worth it, or you're never you're holding it in hand like Vi and waiting until you can drop it all in one turn. I think both are, are very valid approaches. Um, siphoning strike is another thing to to consider for this. Um, I think Rek'Sai would love to be like striking things um, and and getting stronger like permanently sure. off of like a siphoning strike. Yep. Um Rek'Sai could totally go with like into a Damasia package with single combat. That's what's interesting me. Interest, interesting me. Excuse me. Uh, about both Rek'Sai and spoiler alert, Pike is that I think while they both can play together, I don't think they have to. Uh, and I think that there are ways to maximize on their value um, outside of you know fully diving into lurk. Because if you think about it, if you can get Rek'Sai to ten, there's no way to interact with the attack and stop the level. That's something that like you have yep. to remember about things like Vi. Vi has to strike. Rek'Sai, you drop a couple burst speed buffs, swing, boom, you're good. Like <laughs> you have uh you have done your due diligence. You get the reward now. And now all of a sudden you have a buffed up three mana four seven with overwhelm plus whatever you've lurked. Um
1: that's permanent. Part, and yeah, it doesn't, doesn't go away. away.
2: And then after that turn, once yep. Rek'Sai is leveled, Rexai doesn't start shuff- doesn't shuffle into your deck ever again. So, yeah, I, I, I yeah. really like Rek'Sai because it's interesting, because it's not super obvious, um, which is something that I know, you know, we were Mark, you expressed concern that potentially like, you know, Rek'Sai Pike might be too obvious how best to play um and, and where it goes. And uh, I think that I think that that's something that I'm not super worried about now, having seen
0: Rek'Sai. I, uh, yeah, I can agree with that too. I, yeah. I, I think that Rek'Sai has more flexibility than I expected.
1: Rexi is going to take some solving, mm-hmm. I think. I think it's going to be a card that's going to require some testing, some failure, some successes, and it's going to be a matter of not only some of the high roll potential, um, I think this is going to be a card where there is going to be some high rolls, and then people will play for the high rolls. But this is also going to be a card where some people will hedge their bets and they'll look for the most consistent package. And maybe that's, if if Lurk proves to be a strong uh, a strong enough uh, overall theme and Rek'Sai as a part of that uh, proves to be strong, that will be the build, I think, that makes it onto some lists is the consistent package, not necessarily the high roll. I mean, you you've got the ability here, if you really want to talk about high roll, you've got the ability here to... Um, Land xenotype researchers on this card um, as as a unit, and it get three plus three plus three at the gate. We're now looking at a six a six whatever, which it would lose if it goes sh- shuffle back into your deck. But at that point, all it needs is a is one uh, ruthless predator, and it for it to hit um, attack the buff on attack and lurk on one attack, and it's good. Like you, there is some high roll there that you could hit. Theoretically. you
2: also what is it likely you also have the really stupidly meme potential to play this with like starlet seer and kind of go the old starlet seer fizz route where you mm-hmm. um play a Jubilian low cost burst speed spell, specifically things that will cycle through your your deck you can use all those cheap predicts um alongside starlet seer and buff what is the only other unit besides starlet sea in your deck hopefully hitting a reksai leveling it really really fast um
1: or just, yeah. or just wait forever and go full meme status and hit Destiny's Call with Targon <laughs> for an 8-cost burst spell in Love hand, that. and now it's sitting at, like, 13?
0: I mean, honestly, though, if you combined with Frailyard and played um, uh, the card that pulls Intreat. your two champions out and makes them 10-10s... Oh, uh, yeah.
1: Um, oh. Oh, you're talking about... Um, yeah.
0: yeah. Feel the Rush. Yeah, Feel the Rush, because then you attack, and this is automatically an 11-11 with Lurk and... Um, an 11-11 with lork and overwhelm, um, and it levels it up. Uh, you know, maybe maybe thought. there's we've something also got there. the uh,
2: um, like the whole again. I mean, dipping back over to Noxus, they have a tons of, of of you know attack buffs, but one of them being that one mana plus three attack, like
0: just two of those. You know, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. um, yeah, yeah. And We have another one that we're going to talk about yeah, here soon so. as well. Yeah,
1: so I'll keep mm. moving through this. I think the, other, the only other card we've got. We've actually got two more uh, in this little set. So Rexai's champion spell is called uh, Call the Pack. Mm. Um, As a spell, it's also main deckable, which is uh, good to know uh, as as a common for two two mana. Uh, It's got Lurk and Burst Speed to it. uh, To play, put a card from hand on top of the deck. Um, On top of the deck, create two random lurker followers below. So also a little bit of cycle. Um, Take a card from your hand you don't really want um and put it on the top of your deck uh from your hand to put on top of the deck and then create two random so if it's, it's if you need units if you're a little low on cards um then you can just take something that's from your hand you'll see it again so it's not like you can get rid of it and really just like bury it away it is going to go on top of your deck um but it also you'll get two units out of it or you look at it from this potential and it's probably the more the design of the card is: you take a card from your hand, put it on the top of your deck. You put a lurker yep. on your hand, top of your deck. You've now triggered a lurk. You know it's there, and mm-hmm. then you swing, and it's burst too. So it's this: this is potential for an open swing with lurk um, that is guaranteed. Yeah, I, I like so it. I like that tight. they
2: have uh, spells with lurk. That's really cool to me.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, like that's just honestly really cool. You don't see spells with keywords,
1: so that's that's really really neat. Yeah, I think uh, it I think it allows you to balance a little bit more and not have to be so I think it I think you would find that if there weren't any spells yep. with Lurk, it would absolutely turn into tempo. You would just you be forcing drop three, drop four, drop five, and drop. you'd be forcing the the two factions with Lurk together.
2: Um so I think that's it's really smart. Mark, you had something on this? Yeah. Uh, I,
0: I think this is maybe the best champion spell that I've seen on almost any champion. Just in the fact that if you do put Rek'Sai down and you do get this in your hand, you actually do want to play it mm. um, because it's going to probably guarantee the Lurk for you. It's going to put more Lurkers in hand, which is going to enable you. And, and oftentimes those Lurkers are going to be relatively inexpensive because most of them are inexpensive. Um, I think that this card is incredible. I think that if you're playing Lurk um, and you're playing Rek'Sai, you are probably, you might be playing three yeah, copies of decking. this. In addition to playing Rek'Sai, which mm-hmm. typically a champion spell is like, sure, if I'm running Garen's, there may be a time that I need a judgment, and hopefully I have a second Garen in hand and one on the board. This is the type of card that says, no, I'm probably going to run this. I'm probably going to main deck two or three copies of this in addition to running Rek'Sai's, because that's just how, how good this card is with ensuring that my yep. Lurk package runs. Yep. Like, yep. this is such an engine card. It has Lurk on it itself. You can put a Lurker on top mm-hmm. of your deck. Uh, you could put this on top of your deck and it would lurk yep. off of it um, because you can put any card on top of your deck. And you could put a, f- a lurker that you want to play in a future turn on top of your deck. You're going to put cheap, probably cheap lurkers in your hand. I think Call of the Call of the Pack is just
2: really it, good Of card. note, I'm, it, it kind of wants to be the stalking shadows of, uh, you know, Sharima lurk. Lurk. Um, you know, but, mm-hmm. but it doesn't actually net you any cards, right? Um, you are spending this card uh, itself. That's one and then you are also taking a card that's already in your hand putting it on top of your deck that's two and then you get two lurker followers to replace those two cards in your hand um now you could argue you'd say well you know you're basically improving your hand state is, is all this is like you you know mm-hmm. this is not this is not card this is not resource extension um but it is hand improvement uh with the kicker of course of putting a lurker on top of your deck i think this is a great card i think it's really well balanced too because i think if it netted you a card i would be looking at this and potentially getting maybe just slightly concerned um but i also like that in, in this case you know generally i advocate for cards to be um <clears throat> you know uh, a little more open-ended so you're not forced to only play them in one archetype but i am glad that call the pack uh creates two random lurkers in your hand you know because i i would hate to see this start popping up um, you know, in every Sharima deck, as a way to just like create two random followers, or if it's a draw two followers or something like that, then I would start to uh, get concerned. But I also think if I saw this in a draft, you know, uh, in in Expedition, hey, you know, if I have to take this, I- I'm not necessarily sad about it because at least I get some units, drop some blockers, you know. Um, so I I think that uh, Call of the Pack is just a really really well designed card, and and also the card art is is like really neat looking. So. I like that
1: too. Yeah, yep. So I'll I'll move a little quicker. We'll get we'll go through this last card. I know we've we've we spent some time on Rexi. Um, so um, oh, forgive me for pronouncing this wrong because I know this is going to happen. Xersereth, uh, the Under Titan. Um, sure. Answer. Why not? That's what I think I, I did about as good as I think anybody was going to. Um, five, five cost, uh lurker. Uh, it's an epic uh, for two uh, attack and six defense. Attack. It's lurk. It's, it's got lurk. Uh, attack, if I have eight plus power, give me fearsome, overwhelm, and spell shield this round. So this is a card I think is actually a little bit more viable than the previous six drop that we were talking about., uh, the zersai dune dune breaker. um i would I would be a lot more likely to one because of the high roll, but also I don't think the requirement is as far-fetched as people would think um, upon it because it is goes down upon attack. So you can play this. It doesn't necessarily have to have the all of the uh the eight attack just yet it might have triggered lurk once or twice or three times it's at a four or five attack now you you slap a, a spell on it and send it into attack and it's got that and it's, it's met the requirement and now it's got all these extra keywords i think she think it's a pretty cool card um i love the design um it it wants you to play some buff it wants you to ramp um and this is kind of one of those deck style choices where i think i think you brought it up dvn just there there's going to be a tempo kind of version of of lurk with uh, Rexi, and then there's also going to be the um, just a bunch of buff and let's get Rexi uh, as fast as we can. And I think this fits more as a complementary in case you don't draw Rexi um, in the let's ramp Rexi kind of version of this deck. So I'll toss it over to you guys. What do you think?
2: Yeah. So notably, uh, it, it can only trigger its ability on attack. You know, so it's not while mm-hmm. I'm attacking if I hit eight plus, which is how Rexi works. Um, at least if I'm reading it correctly, um, you know, the bottom line is, uh, I, this is baby Rex eye. you know, and it, and it, more than that, it is playing alongside the I want to be a big buff, um, you know uh, what are these things called void creature? Right. So it's it's weirdly like it goes with lurk because naturally that's going to be how you're operating with uh, you know with an alert package. But it's a little more expensive. But the payoff is huge. Getting all those keywords, especially Spell Shield, as we just talked about uh, with the Ruin Runner example, uh, is absolutely massive. So um, I, I would expect to see this uh, in other I, I would honestly experiment with playing with uh, this card in decks that run a lot of attack buffs and don't necessarily uh, run Lurk. Like I would I would like play a Noxus uh, Shurima deck that uh, can throw out a lot of buffs uh, and I would play this card separate from Lurk. Uh, I think it's just that cool. Um, and, and you have to work at it, but the payoff is pretty darn good uh, with all of those awesome keywords. So uh, is it as good as Ruin Runner in a general perspective? No, um, but you know, I, I could honestly uh, could see myself putting, trying to put both
0: in a deck. I think it's pretty cool. Mark, what you got? I don't know how to feel about this card. It's very interesting that basically if you attack, the next time you attack, if you if it's been lurked up as high as it needs to go, then it's going to keep getting spell shield yeah. over and over again. It's going to keep getting uh, till the end of turn. It's going to keep picking up fearsome, and, and so it's not just like a one-time tick. It is going to lose it at the end of turn, so on your defense, it's not going to have you know, Spell Shield, um, which your opponent then can just get rid of it on their attack token instead, although they're typically going to want to save their fast speed spells for when you're attacking and it's not convenient to do it then. It could be kind of like a surprise card, like your opponent feels like they've really sort of leveled the playing field and then you drop this guy and it comes down as an 8-6 with Spell Shield Overwhelm, uh, Fearsome, and your opponent's like, man, now I have to deal with this. It could be a finisher, Um, but it also might not be. It's just, it's very difficult to tell until you see how well and reliable lurk will be mm-hmm. um if it's good and it's reliable this card could be a finisher and it's just hard to see how it's going to play out maybe maybe lurk doesn't want to do that maybe lurk wants to swarm the boards with a bunch of cheap little lurk guys and you're going to occasionally get this off of call the pack and it's going to be good off of that yeah that's um, a good point. and otherwise yeah. you're not going to play it real often it's it's just hard to tell there's definitely going to be times that you're going to get it off of call the pack and you're not going to be upset about it because you're just going to get a big boy that you needed to end the game. Well, uh, with. Um, but I can't yeah. tell yet. It's You've so also hard got to
2: like to compare it to the from that perspective. If you are playing this in a, like a swarmy deck, you have to compare it to the four drop uh, crowd crowd favorite, right? You know, uh-huh. it's really mm-hmm. like it itself doesn't fit the archetype of having a bunch of weenies, but it comes down and capitalizes on the weenies. Similarly, this will capitalize on all the work you've done with all of those lurk units throughout the game and potentially be that closer for it as the very top end of an aggro deck. So maybe that exists uh, in that world. But um, let, let's move on to the next uh, next segment here.
0: Yeah. So we're jumping into variety cards now. So now we're going to look at some cards that have come out that are coming out to, like, the regions that aren't getting champions. First one's Field Promotion. This is a two-mana burst spell from Demacia. It's a common. It reads, the next time you play a unit this round granted Scout, it's now an Elite. As someone who's played a lot of Elites this season and has thoroughly enjoyed the Elites, I'm just going to say this, my initial reaction was, oh, this is cool, and then it was like, but I don't want to play this. Um, Elites, more than anything, wants to curve out. If you're missing two and banking two spell mana, you might fall behind. And if you fall behind with Elites, there's really no way to get back. And it is competing with two very, really the only two spells that you ever use in Elites, um, which is uh, Single Combat and uh, Sharp Sight. And you probably aren't playing this over Sharp Sight because it's not good enough. You're not going to play it over Single Combat because it's not removal. That's the only reason you're running uh, sharp sight um and there is another card that kind of is like this it's the card that you get off of the one mana two two that if you have an elite in hand it gives you a a, a one mana spell that can grant challenger to something um uh, you know that is better it's just better um because you don't it doesn't have to take a spot in your deck and this has to take a spot in your deck and you're probably going to play sharp sight over it i think it's interesting Don't get me wrong, I think it's interesting. Giving something Scout obviously is very powerful, but I don't think it's better than Sharp Sight. That's my hot take on it, though, as someone who's played a lot of Elites. Uh, Gibbles, what do you think about field promotion?
1: I like this card a lot, and it has nothing to do with the Elite package. I think this card is more designable and flexible and going to be taken advantage of for the Scout piece. Um, mm. There is a lot of decks and a lot of champions now that we're seeing that want to attack multiple times, um, and even decks that capitalize upon seeing multiple attacks. Like Azir, we're seeing stuff like MF. I mean, there already is a relatively solved um, Bilgewater and, and Demacia package for scouts. I think I think this you could justify running a two-cost burst speed spell as a part of... Um, a a a scout's package, if it's gonna level up MF quicker, because MF is, is such a win condition, uh, and herself even with the I don't know six months ago, however long it's been nerf, um, to some of her ability. Um, I I still think that this card fits. This card excites me a lot more for the for the scout package. I love scouts. Um, I love running scout. I think it's a really great keyword. And I think you being selective on the unit because you can kind of control uh, what play, unit you play next. You can really put Scout on anything you want to. I think there's going to be some there's going to be some exploration with this card. And I'm I don't know how great it's going to be because it does force you to dip into Demacia, and not every deck wants to go Demacia route. Um, but um, Demacia, as you've already mentioned, has some very other good spells that they like um that people people can throw in as as additions whether it's sharp sight, single combat combat is the base of the game so it's always going to be it's always going to be relevant um so i i like this card a lot
0: yeah dbn any thought on field promotion yeah elites can suck it um
2: but (laughs) that's what i'm uh, talking about every
0: single uh
2: champion that you say man i wish this thing could attack twice in a turn well hey now it can you know, if you want to attack twice with Lucian, you can. If you want to attack twice with Fiora, you can. All I'm going to say is, oh, you love Fiora. All I'm going to say is, this, this is boss, actually Fiora. a really dangerous card. This might be the most dangerous card in the set uh, because people are going to splash or or can splash this to give literally any card in the game the ability to attack twice, which I'm pretty sure that they like couldn't do this cheap, this easy uh, otherwise. So. Uh, watch out for field promotion it may not be now but it'll be someday it'll become a staple card uh, alongside whatever uh champion that that you know you you're like oh man i wish this couldn't attack twice uh or could attack twice so yep field promotion
0: hmm Field promotion, okay. Fabled Poro. Uh, we're jumping into Fralyard now. In the icy north. Four mana, rare Fralyard Poro card. Two attack, five health. When I'm summoned, grant all allied Poros a random keyword. Let's just be clear. This Poro's amazing looking. Um, he is uh very reminiscent of another champion that I think is from per- uh named Oren or something like that. Uh, orn uh from frail yord he's like a blacksmith forge that makes special items throughout the game he has i think that sort of mustachio and horns symbol so he kind of looks like he's that that champions uh like protege poro or something um and granting random keywords would fit it i think that that's fun i think it's a nod towards uh people who like lol um but also play lor and i think the more that they do that it's good for the game so i i think that's really cool too um overall I don't play Poros. I'm not gonna play Poros, but if you played Poros, you might play this. Um because it's in Frail that's where you want your Poros to be. Um I don't have a, a whole lot of stuff on it because I haven't played many Poro decks, but
1: I'm throwing it to I'm throwing it to DBN because I know he's got some opinions, he's got some uh, he's got some builds in mind, and I think of an expansion off of a current build that he's he's got benched right now, but he's excited about going, so I'll throw it to him.
2: Here's here's all I'm gonna say on this. Uh, after this card got previewed, a million and one people like, "Oh my gosh, I'm gonna build an awesome cool Poro deck now, and I'm gonna play all these these awesome great poros that are out there and poro snacks and all and and you know what? Good for them. Uh, but I hate to tell you, nobody listened, but Poro Agro was already not just playable but pretty darn good. Um, but everybody like wants to ignore it because it's poros and it's assumed to be a meme. The honest truth is Poro Snacks is freaking bonkers with the amount of consistency that you can put daring Poros out uh, between Poro Cannon, running them main deck, pulling them off of Poro Herder, generating them off of Lonely Poro, okay? So, um, and then all you need to do is have one on the board, and then you consolidate that alongside whatever other stupid Poros you're able to jam out uh, with the uh, Heart of the Fluffed it was a leg- it's a legitimately viable elusive list uh that runs the majority poros that i have honestly won like 70 75% win rate with across the last four metas like i don't bust it out all the time but like i have actually laddered off of this and whether there was i got like from bronze to gold with it in like not a lot of games a couple seasons ago like um it already existed guys <laughs> <laughs> Fabled Poro actually may not make the cut at least in the build that I'm running. The only thing I might consider dropping over uh, dropping for it would be um like the one by Aurora or Pori Por- Aurora, Aurora because that uh, that card's actually just in my experience with you playing an aggro Poro build just a little too slow. But the bottom line is um glad everybody's on the Poro train. What took you so long? Uh, <laughs> cool. <laughs>
0: I've been doing it already. Gibbles, you had any other additional thoughts about Fable Poro? Um,
1: I like that it's a little bit of a higher drop. I think that's good. Um, I think that will make the it'll give you the ability to drop a bunch of poros and then play this. Uh, I think the other piece of, of this that is fun is that you can pull this off of Poro Herder because it is a Poro. Um, and it can be summoned through some other kind of side effects too so I think that's cool I think this is actually a really good one to see if you if, you under, if you're if you running a Poro deck and I like that they're running something that's not a one and they created another non-one cost Poro so I think sure. that's cool I love it um, and I'm excited to see DBN's build for it and play mm-hmm. the crap out of it
0: nice next one is going to be a Yeti an 8 mana Frail uh epic 5-5 five, five, uh, with the Yeti tag a Dominable guardian round start if you have two plus Yetis summon me, if you have two plus yetis, get a couple on the board, summon me from your hand, and create a copy of me in your deck. Or, if you play this, so not summon it, but if you play it, you can also draw a yeti. Am I, am I right about all of that? If it gets pulled from your hand... It gets yeah, summoned. you don't it's get to draw really a Yeti you draw if you
2: if it summons, but if you play it for eight mana, you yes. will then get to draw a Yeti. I'm gonna have to jump in here because yeah. I'm worried we're gonna talk about this for way too long. Um, this is by far one of the uh-huh. most interesting and like cool cards of this entire set that's been previewed so far. And it's had Discord and Twitter and Reddit buzzing. I let's keep ourselves short on this because I know I would love to spend 30 minutes talking about it, but we don't have time for that.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, we might be able to come back. Uh, My only reaction is I haven't played enough Yetis to know how good this is, but it gives Yetis a new tool, and I think that's cool. It's such a hard hard card to evaluate. For me, there's so much going on in it, it's a very hard card to evaluate. So my, my genuine reaction is I have to see. I just I just have to wait and see on it. It's cool. Um but I'm just trying to figure out how good is it? Does it push Yetis to where we need to push them? Unsure. Unsure for me. Uh Gibbles uh any thought on a Dominable Guardian here?
1: I will take a little bit of a harder stance and say yes, this is going to fit an archetype. This will establish Yetis. I think this is good. Yetis stick around. Yetis got big butt yetis will be on board not hard it's kind of hard to killing you got to make it a little bit of an investment and it's also not very hard to play another yeti especially now that there's a lot of yetis that you can main deck um i think especially with some other copy tools this will be a thing this will be a good deck it's going to be a fun deck i'm excited to play around with it myself i think this is a cool card from the there's a lot of different directions to take it and this will be yetis splashed with any one of three or four different factions for some cool spells and recursion and um just consistency things i really like this card i'm excited to play it i think there is a reason there's buzz around this card
0: sure dbn uh do you have any thoughts to share other than we can't talk too long about this card because otherwise we'll have an eight hour video our podcast. Uh,
2: Gibby said it already. It's just going to be about figuring out what uh, factions do the best with keeping Yetis around. The important thing to remember, Yetis are big, they don't have overwhelm. You're going to have to figure out a way to actually leverage it into pushing damage. But cheap free stuff,
0: mm. free is free. Free is free. Yep. Free is free.
1: My money's uh, on P&Z.
0: Maybe maybe a lot of copying in BNZ defiant dance four mana Ionia spell slow recall a unit blade dance one uh my question was why didn't we get this uh in the initial release of blade dance cards and not get the fast speed recall a unit and get uh, a one mana fleeting blade dance two in hand um this would have made more sense to me um, because it's not as strong and maybe wouldn't have made uh, a re- Azir Aurelia come on so strong in the beginning. Um, Defiant Dance doesn't seem like it's going to make the cut. I think a Aurelia is way too refined for this type of card to find its place in there. Uh, I could be completely off base with that, but I looked at it and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I can't say that I'm really impressed by this card much at all. Um, it's 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 probably the worst blade dance card that we have, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, not much to say about it. I think this is a card that is too expensive. Um, the fact that it's slow is not good. Um, I'm happy to not see that. It, I'm happy to see say that I don't think it's going to be playable. Um, and I had some interesting conversation with DB under on this card previously, and I agree with his his sentiment of I think this card maybe at one point was planned to be lower cost and then they realized that this was going to be a problem if they actually made it lower cost and that blade dance that everyone might come after them with pitchforks if they made this the cost they really wanted to make it initially um yeah i think they intentionally made this unplayable which i'm okay with dbn any well, thoughts he he stole my thunder uh, <laughs> I did. Sorry. Uh, I stole it. Yeah, my
2: my conclusion upon seeing this is there was no way this was originally for mana. Um, there's there's absolutely no way. Um, vomit emoji. Well,
0: yeah, it's, it's bad. and the card art. What sucks, do you take us too. On to the-, the
2: card art's ugly. Yeah.
0: It's not an impressive card in any way. It's probably the worst card of the set so far, which, you know what? If Azir really gets the worst card, that's fine with me. DBN, why don't you take us on to the next set of cards, uh, the next set of, like, random.
2: Okie dokie. So first up, we have Starlet Epiphany. It is a three-mana Targon spell, burst speed. It says, invoke. If you have a Celestial Ally, replace your deck with 20 copies of Behold the Infinite.
0: Mark, I hate this card. I hate it. I hate it. I don't want any deck to do this. I don't want to go up against it. I Even if it's garbage, I don't want to go up against it. I don't like losing to randomness, Um, and this is that in absolute spades. I don't like it. Get this out of my face. There's going to be people who just play early game, one mana invoke, going to get a Celestial, going to put it on the board, Gonna drop this on three, gonna replace their deck, hold the infinite. They're gonna lose most of their games, but occasionally they're gonna beat me and I'm gonna be mad about it. Starlet Epiphany, blah, blah. hot take. All right. Blah.
1: That's my only thing heard. I have to say about it. That's your vomit yep. emoji card. Okay, heard. Yeah. Uh Gibby.
2: Yeah.
1: Same thing. Not much to say. Cool. Next.
2: Heavens aligned. One mana Targon. Uh focus speed. Okay. Uh, love that. Mm-hmm. Uh Daybreak. Create a random Nightfall card in hand. Alternatively, Nightfall. Create a random Daybreak card in hand. I like this card a lot. I'm a huge fan. Huge fan. Night, uh, Nightfall and Daybreak night. are, are honestly two of like the only things I really like about Targon. Uh, <laughs> and uh, both I play Daybreak and Nightfall separately and together. Uh, and uh, this kind of, I think, is decent for both. Um, as a daybreak card, uh, you can get nightfall value out of it, uh, by letting it be the second or third card that you play. And then it'll give you another daybreak card for later on. Or if you have Ravan out, you actually can get both on the flip side for nightfall. It's a one mana focus or burst speed. It doesn't really care. Um, uh, spell that can be that trigger. If you don't already have something like the dusk petal, dust or whatever um so like this is a great nightfall trigger at one mana focus speed i mean i used to play a build that ran the messengers or whatever it was called the uh messenger stone or whatever that's that stupid thing is uh just because yeah thank you uh just because it was a great one mana burst speed thing and i was playing with tf so i was trying to like cycle through a bunch of cards this is great to be that nightfall trigger um yeah huge fan love it may not be good but i like it
0: uh, I like this card too, and I'm going to try it out in what was one of my first decks when Target came out. My Leona D- Diana, uh, Daybreak uh, Day and Night by Kid Cudi. Um, I, yeah, was, I, didn't, I, don't, I don't know anything about by Kid Cudi, but yes, I am going to try it out in that, and I'm going to like it in that. Um, and uh, I think it's cool. I think it's a really cool card, and I love like the Yin Yang Sun Moon look that yeah, we get free. from it. So I'm in.
1: Leona Yasuo will see this in my deck. <laughs> for sure i am i've already got a revamped version i think once the meta slows down a little bit which i have a i have an opinion that it's going to in this in this upcoming meta i think this will reinvigorate along with the uh solari Sunhawk um that i really didn't get to play from the last expansion because it was just too slow to play that deck i think that card along with this card is going to make my uh yasuo leona deck really fun again um and also a bit better and i'm really excited to because this that deck needs more card draw which is yeah. this in a way is going to exactly do that so mm. i am very excited for this card. so love uh, this uh next up we have
2: uh a 10 drop no- uh noxus unit at bringer of ruin uh he's got overwhelm yes. love it printed overwhelm baby i just keep saying it they just keep doing it uh Stats are 5 attack, 12 defense, and his ability is attack. Increase my power by the total power of all allies. Okay, so let me just quickly break that down. That means that upon attacking, you add up the total score of all your allies, including Attican, and add that to his attack stat. By the way, he has overwhelm. Um, He's also a 10 drop. Uh, Have fun with this one. I mean, I I have the only way I can Jeez. think to play it is spectral matron.
0: Yeah, he's a ten drop with I mean, with spectral matron, he's bonkers. He's a just 10 an alternative drop at Alt wincon spell shield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you do play like, maybe you play noxus shadow isles and do. Uh, spectral Matron shenanigans in I mean, there and maybe that gives you a few more he options than what you would have had in that
2: situation I- if you had nothing else on board yeah. you play Spectral Matron pull this guy swing he has 18 stats
0: Well, yeah, or, no no no, 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 a no, five, no, no he sorry, sorry.
2: he'd a have a seven, 16 stats sorry he, well
1: wouldn't Spectral well, a, Matron what, what attack does Spectral Matron have? I think right
0: Oh yeah, that's right. Cythry is the thing that doubles the attack. so yeah, so he'd have
1: have six, five from himself. He'd be a sixteen from the buff of himself. Yeah, he'd be a
2: sixteen attack overwhelm unit uh, on turn eight when you swing. Of course, that can be disrupted by any number of things. the The the, the key with Cythry is that you have that staying power of the, um, you know. the, The stat buffs on the things that already existed, but.
0: I just Which, love that General Grievous. <laughs> um, that doesn't like Grievous. That's that's all oh, I'm man. saying is I just love. It's been so long. I've been waiting so long for Grievous. I just didn't understand why he hasn't been in the game yet. So you I'm know, really happy. the that the, he ca- is. the
2: The voice yeah. line he'll just be hacking up a lung when he comes onto the board. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> um, it's I, Grievous if Grievous met Zed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the, what I'm most excited about with this card is now that I know that this exists. If we ever go back to playing LOR D&D, uh, you guys are facing off against this guy. Oh at some hell point. yeah! Like I would fight this. Now thing. that I know that this giant demonic Noxian Grievous exists, Noxian. Yes, I'm yes. Noxian General
2: Grievous. Love it
0: uh yeah i think you found probably the only yeah. playable place for him he's a 10 drop without yep. spell shield you know,
2: i mean it, it would work. be cool if you had yeah. a way to give him spell shield but it the, you know within those two factions you way don't isn't there a one mana burst speed uh shadow wild spell that gives like a bunch of keywords
0: there is a one mana burst speed that can give the oh, next Song creature the that you yeah. play a spell shield I think it's Song of the Isles, but that's like Fearsome, Lifesteal, and Ephemeral. Uh, no, that's Song of the Isles. Nope, that's not it. It's a different one. And it's, it's like, like the card. next creature. Yeah, it's it's a Nightfall card, I believe. And it gives something Spell Shield. Um, and I don't remember what it is because I have not looked at it in a long time. I think it's one mana. That sounds right. Um, if Yeah, I don't know.
2: Hmm. Uh, well,
0: uh, cool. But I think it has like the... the I might Owl
2: have to mess with or that something. then. Um, but yeah, no, that that's a big issue. And and you Oh, Shroud yeah, of Darts. Right. What have read that for me if you don't mind.
1: The, uh one cost burst spell, uh common. The next time you summon an ally this round, give it plus one plus O, oh, and spell shield this mm.
2: round. The issue is obviously you can't do that with uh Spectrum Matron. You that you would play this and mm-hmm. then drop it as a uh, for 10 mana, or if you could reduce it somehow with just kind of like they're doing with either mobilize uh With Demacia, or if you could reduce it with like Oblivious Islander and give it Ephemeral, but
1: yeah, this yeah. this card essentially says, "Do you have an answer? Do you have Freeze? Do you have Hush? Yeah, Freeze skills of Silence. On ten
0: mana, your opponent has an answer. Done. <laughs> That's the. <laughs> yeah. answer. I mean, I think <laughs> I think you could argue
2: <laughs> that like um, if assuming Spectral Matron uh, doesn't get nerfed, which I wouldn't. Ass- I don't. We don't know. Who knows? Um but I mean Spectrum Matron uh, with this can take games off people. Is it better than Cythria? Probably not as a finisher, but you could argue that there, with Noxus, you may have a little bit of a of a different style of early to mid-game um, you know, that mm-hmm. that that might be more might be more consistent than a Demacia mid-game. I don't know you'd have to build the deck first and see the point being the Dem- mossy has radiant guardian yeah i mean it has radiant uh, guardian concerted strikes and single combats i kind of <laughs> doubt it i mean yeah. uh but but that would be <laughs> yeah. the argument uh, right is that like oh maybe the uh-huh. finisher doesn't need to be as potent if i my early game and mid game is more aggressive or more whatever but yeah uh next card i think any anything else on adican
1: one nah. more thing i think you run this card in case they have of the answer situation in case you attack they have an answer they for the for the round they silence it whatever i think you could also play this card on a defensive turn uh, you play it on offense if if they have the answer okay boo but on defensive turn then you wild claws <laughs> <laughs> or oh or
2: start yeah. a free attack with like uh um you know cataclysm, cataclysm yeah boom start a free attack that's that's pretty fun Mm-hmm. uh okay. cool uh next up thorned blade okay, one. four mana noxus spell uh it is burst speed it is a common it says give an ally plus five attack this round that's all
1: i was more impressed when i read it the first time and then the more we talked about it i think db and talked me off a cliff <laughs> About how about how good this card was. Not that I was not I didn't overreact to it, but I think I I think I saw more value in this card than there really is there. Um, he's right. There is other spells that will play better to this than this yeah. that you're more likely to run in your deck. I mean, it's just it's just a little too narrow. I'd say ninety
2: eight percent of the time I would run might over Thorned Blade because for two attack and one uh uh one mana. Like that, to, plus two attack and no overwhelm, and you know for an increase of of one mana is just not worth it. The only thing this is good for is triggering reputation after you've been frostbitten. The only other thing I can think of now is maybe uh, Rexai. That's it. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is this is significantly crappier than Might in almost every way, because if you think about it, like you can break it down if you're swinging in for lethal push, they're going to chump block the things that are big. They're going to leave open the things that are small. Okay? Your big thing is going to likely be able to push more damage by giving it overwhelm. And as opposed to if you have your little thing like let's say a 2-1 that you give a Thornblade to, that is significantly easier to then be countered and dealt with by a Vile Feast, by a Mystic Shot, whatever, than if you might your big unit pushing like six points of damage and your big unit has six defense or five defense. Significantly harder to interact with. This gets pushed out by might 98% of the time. I don't expect to see this played in, in pretty much anything.
0: The only place I would say is maybe an anoxus Ionia Elusive Burn. Um, a place where you can feel like you can reliably get your elusive through and this can punch a ton of damage to end the game. Maybe you run a one-of of this in your deck that runs three decimates. You pull one decimate and you put one-of I'd rather of run Brothers Bond that in that
2: situation because the, the stats key can be spread out between two things for half the mana and uh, they'd last for forever.
0: I, I'm i saying this is a one-of in a deck that you already have Brothers Bond <laughs> Okay, in. well, maybe. Maybe
1: I could see you run this like if burst. I could see you running this one or two of this in an and the exact same deck that you just mentioned, Mark, an Ionia deck, that your backup plan is syncopate, because you're stacking okay. so many, you're stacking so much attack on one unit that they Four try to deal too with it. They try to deal with it, and then you, yeah, it's just too expensive. But then they try to deal with it, and you syncopate it away. Nope. But then again, six mana, that's six mana, and I think it's better. Uses for
2: always better. Yeah. Like there's no world yeah, in which true. you're trying to get lethal that might isn't better.
0: The only world is when you have one card in hand and they have four life left and uh might doesn't yeah. do it. Ninety eight percent of the time.
2: <laughs> does might stay? No. Yeah, but neither does this. No. If room. this stuck better. around, we would be having a different a very sure. different conversation. <laughs> Uh sure.
0: if this was permanent
2: but no okay. uh overwhelm is and the flexibility that that gives is just significantly
0: going to be better so next gibbles you want to take us to our next set of cards man moving on um you get a baby set of cards. Set. there's only three
1: baby really set, only but two. a really exciting set because i love i love shadow Isles and these mm-hmm. all three of these cards really excite me. well two really um, only two but yeah well yes two cards <laughs> um so astral fox four cost three three common um uh that's got fearsome to it. Uh love the art on it, first of all. Um the, there's the play effect. So specifically it's got the play effect skill uh to it. Um it says kill an ally to deal three damage to the enemy nexus. This creates redundancy in Shadow Isles and some of the stuff that it already wants to do, uh, which is punch through extra damage, kill its own stuff to do it. Um, as triggers, uh, that could be because it put out something. Uh, like a prey on board to kill that because you don't really care about the prey. It's, it could be killing undying, so that way it grows, comes back next turn. There's a lot of different targets for the kill, um, and it punches through. Three damage is nothing to scoff at, uh, f- for sure. So um, pair this along with something else uh, like Doom Beast, uh, and you've got even more kind of finishing power to aggressive decks uh, in in Shadow wilds You could definitely steal some wins with this. Uh, Mark, what do you think?
0: Love Astral Fox. It gives more reach to Shadow Isles, aggressive strategies. Uh, I'm gonna be playing the heck out of this card. Maybe my favorite card that's been revealed this set. Um Interesting. Really like Astral Fox. It doesn't lend itself directly to the uh it, it's not quite as good as in like your um your Thresh Nassus, um, but very good in my Callista deck. So um, I uh, I dig Astral Fox. I think it's going to see a lot of play in that for sure. Uh, and it gives more aggression to Shadow Isles, and I like aggressive Shadow Isle decks, so I'm good with that. DBN has nothing to offer.
2: Nothing on this uh, DBN? DBN does not like that this card got printed. <laughs> shadow isles does not need reach they absolutely do not need this buckle up because shadow isles burn is going to ruin the game in about in sometime in the next two months i'm i'm putting money down on it now um the, you already had a Jabillion ways to copy doom beast and now you have redundancy in that now you get to Stalking Shadows and you have twice the chances of getting something that deals direct damage without ever having to interact with the opponent. I do not like that this card got printed. I definitely don't like that they also gave it the Fearsome tag on top of Bonker's uh, like uh, ab- abilities and a decent stat line. Yeah, I mean, I get that Like, you're going to have to figure out the build that has like that balance between um, you know, dropping early game units that you want to kill, but also you know being able to mulligan through, or not mulligan, but cycle through. You know, get things like Doom Beast and this. But the, the end of the day, they're gonna figure it out. Um, we already saw from Thresh Nassus that Shadow Isles is one of the best, ex- like most explosive early games, and this is going to close out those games so much faster. I wish they hadn't printed this.
1: But the, spot, mm. the fox is, is the card. Spooky. Good, written, definitely. Fearsome.
2: Like the card's good. That's why I'm not happy about it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love the theme of it. I think it's spooky, and I like that they're finally playing off of some of the other like spectral beasts that was supposed to kind of thematically pair with Kindred, um, and maybe even Mask Mother. I think, is from what I understand, kind of in the lore. So I really like this uh, this card, at least thematically. But as as it pertains to the mechanics of it, we'll we'll see. Buckle up. Um, I love so the other card that's in this little mini set is the Twisted Tree Line. It's a landmark for Shadow Isles. Uh, so, this is the second landmark that'll be printed in, will have been printed for Shadow Isles, the other one being the Vaults of Helia. Um, so, this is a cheaper landmark. Maybe it opens up something for Shadow Isles. So, the Twisted Tree Line, three cost landmark. It's an epic. Uh, once I've seen three fearsome allies attack, destroy me to summon Vile Ma. Now, Vile Ma is a 6-6. Uh, six, six. I don't know if it has the spider tag. 6-6, six, yep. six, right? 6-6, six, yeah. six, fearsome, fearsome,
0: fearsome spider.
1: Okay, yeah, so 6-6, six, six, spider, and fearsome. Uh, so play three fearsome units, which when you start looking at uh, a lot of the spider package already in the early game, or even just uh, Stygian Onlooker, uh, some of the, some of those cards. There's a lot of options for fearsome, or depending on what you splash. If you if you don't just play a an allegiance build in, in shadow wilds, depending on what you splash with as well. There's a lot of early game fearsome that you can play. Even the poro, um, if you really wanted to start triggering that. Then again, this says once I've seen three fearsome allies attack. So this has to be on board, and then has to see three fearsome allies attack, um, while this is already in play in order to start counting down it to trigger the effect. So um, I can actually kind of retract some of my early statements about some of the early game fearsome stuff. I mean, unless it sticks on board. Um,
0: Thoughts, guys? I think this is pretty easy to do, and I like it. I think that this is a better version than the other Vile Maw card. Um, You can put this on board, potentially, and get a 6-6. Going to put a lot of pressure on on the board for uh, our fearsome decks that haven't seen a tremendous amount of play. Um, I do like this card. Uh, I don't know how good it is, but I do like this card. I mean, Astral Fox is like, yeah, that card's crazy. Um, Twisted Tree Line, not sure if it's strong or if it's not strong, um, but I like it. I like it, and I'd love to see some more Fearsome and uh, Spider Synergy. So good
2: for you. Agreed. Very cool card. Uh, Significantly easier to use than uh, Fresh Offerings. And um, I do really like, when I originally looked at this card, I thought that you had to attack with three fearsomes at the same time. Nope, you just have to add it up throughout the the lifespan of this card. Um, I think that you know it's really fun to get in an overstatted unit. Uh, I think that the requirement to do it on this is pretty achievable for spiders. So I think that uh, it will be at the very least a fun card to play with. Pretty achievable for too as
0: well. to Be honest.
1: Yeah. yeah. Notably, if you have Elise out and you have a couple other Fearsomes and uh, you attack with uh, a couple of Fearsomes while Elise is out and it does trigger off of the attacks and this summons, this also can be one third of the requirement yep. to leveling up Elise as well. So this is mm-hmm. uh, another really good synergy with Elise. I think you main deck this exclusively. I mean, not exclusively, um, but predominantly uh, with Elise. I think it's going to be the most applicable. Uh, use of this mm-hmm. card, but love it nonetheless. Love Shadow
0: Isles. Love the tool that it's going to be. Um, different yep. way to play. Yeah. Next. Well, set. let's jump out of Shadow Isles and l- jump into the Pirate Bay of Bilgewater. Um, we're going to go through these cards relatively quick as we build up to Pike. We got some lurkers in Bilgewater, just like we saw in shurima We have. I'm going to p- pair these two together because they're very similar. One mana, one two with Lurk, uh, common Bilgewater card. Uh, named Sharkling and a two mana one two game uh, with lurk uh named uh redfin hammer snout except when you play him you grant an enemy Vulnerable. So I'm looking at this. I'm saying Sharkling gets played in your Lurk deck with Bilgewater. I love that we're seeing some redundancy with early game Lurk in Bilgewater. Seems like this is giving it enough that maybe, hey, 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 maybe we can get something going here without having to dive into Sharima And that's what I love about this set of cards. Uh, I think Redfin, Hammersnout may find play uh anyway, just because it's just like a two-mana grant something vulnerable, which is great that's very good in Bilgewater. uh the closest you get to that is a two mana two three that just does it to the strongest enemies you don't get to pick which one it's going to go to uh, i think you definitely play it at lurk and lurk definitely wants to give things vulnerable um and i love that they continue to play with that um you know early game one mana two mana lurks cool very cool cards uh and gonna go in your Bilgewater lurk deck um you know, big sea monster, guys. Uh, DBN, any thoughts on these uh, this, these two cheap lurkers? Uh,
2: yeah, the, the, the uh, Redfin Hammer Snout is really exciting for me uh, because, uh, again, like you mentioned, granting vulnerable, pretty potent. You also get to choose what you're giving it to. Um, so that that's really, really uh, fascinating, especially once we see Pike, we'll kind of understand a little bit more why. Um, but the the thing that this you know instantly drags me to, and as we kind of explore through the rest of this and and into um, Pike. Um, I have a burning desire, and it might be the first deck I build, um, to go Pike Renekton. Utilize the Lurks out of Shurima, but say, screw Rek'Sai. Uh, I'm going to be challenging and clearing everything off the board uh, as I progress through the game, utilizing the redundancy that you now have with Redfin Hammer Snout and Fearsome Hunter, uh, you also could add in hired gun if you wanted to. You have the next card that I assume you're going to talk about, or one of the next two cards that you're going to talk about um, for some really interesting things with vulnerable. So that has me very, very excited. And um, yeah, I I uh, I'm also just kind of enjoying the 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 like sea monsters light, like these really scary fish. It's kind of fun.
0: Yeah. Any uh, any odd gibbles on uh, on these two sharky guys here?
1: Right with DBN about the first deck that I think I'd like to see this in is a let's main deck a bunch of vulnerable. Um, let's main deck a bunch of uh just let's I want to be very selective about the the attacks that I make and the um, the units that I choose to drag into combat and where they're used. I want to be able to tell my opponent where they're blocking and where they're putting their units into play. Um, I think this is a really great card against maybe even factions like Noxus where they've got. Uh, high attack and low defense uh, because a lot of the small units even like um, this is Redfin Snout or even if you have a sharkling that's gotten one lurk off um, some of the very high reputation units have very low defense and these will trade with those effectively. Um, I like that. Um, I think th- mm. I think these I think this is a good card. Um, I think this also curves out if you really do want to go in, all in on the vulnerable, and you do end up going with that Shirima side of things. I do think this kind of combos into Merciless Hunter, um, where you can make sure that you're pretty much giving something vulnerable every single round. I think that's awesome. Yeah. So uh, love the card, yeah. love the flexibility to it. I think this will get played in
0: stuff outside of Lurch, With Shurima,
1: you can run nine two-drops that
2: give vulnerable.
0: That's yep. wild. It's a lot of vulnerable. A lot of vulnerable. It's counting spells. No, that's
2: counting rock hopper, hired gun, red Yeah, venom.
0: yeah. Uh, there's and, a lot of vulnerable. Could be, well, I'm just simply talking that about that units.
2: I mean, that's the thing with vulnerable. Is like, yes, like exhaust is great, um, but you know, getting to drop. You know, a unit as well as predator. getting. Well, the, I'm just say I said might have said just just two drops, but yes, of course. You Mm -hmm. get even more redundancy when you start adding in those other things, which means that you don't have to run it all. You can kind of cut some of it as you go. So.
0: Yeah, great. Uh, Bloodbait. Uh, one mana burst spell Bilgewater uh, common. Uh, it has Lurk, so it's a spell with Lurk, which is very interesting. And then it says, one mana burst, create a Snapjaw Swarm on top of your deck, which of course is the Bilgewater two mana zero two with Lurk that says, play, I start a free attack. So this is the card that lets you get your Lurk off on your opponent's turn. I love this. It's like guaranteeing Lurk. It has Lurk itself. It's guaranteeing Lurk for your attack. It's a burst spell. You could do it before you attack to get that surprise Lurk off. It's another tool in the toolbox of Lurk for Bilgewater, which is where, which is this is just continually reinforcing for me the fact that Bilgewater may be able to play Lurk. Without having to go into Sharima if it doesn't want to, um, you can just go all fishes. Um, and so, Blood, I don't have a whole lot to say about Bloodbait other than, yeah, you probably put it in your deck if you're playing Lurk because it's a great card. You're, it's a, just a very good Lurk card for you.
2: I've pointed this out already, I think, uh, but uh, I'm particularly interested in seeing how Bloodbait factors in with Misfortune uh, and potentially like with Azir um gibby and i have been playing Mm. around for a long time with uh misfortune and azir beach bonanza uh, as as gibby's uh coined it um and i think that generating free attacks as we've seen with Aurelia, pretty darn good um this isn't on the level the blade dances of course but as a way to trigger uh attacks for your uh for those units um, and, and, lurk, and, and yeah. leveling up lurk faster so I I'm I'm potentially interested in like a misfortune uh build with lurk um as well mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. just really capitalizing on that is going to be really interesting to see where it goes which again I feel like just boils right back down to what we've been talking about which is we were so worried about you know will these things be super shoehorned into certain playstyles? they may be best. You know, with Rek'Sai Pike, but I I am confident that there will be other ways to play one or both of the these these you know archetypes outside of just the the, the
0: immediately apparent. Sure, absolutely. Gibbles, anything additional to add to Bloodbait? Bloodbait is interesting to me. Um,
1: I think I made a pretty stark I think opinion last go around when we only had a couple cards that we were previewing about what I thought about Snapjaw Swarm and I wasn't super impressed with the card. Bloodbait, the fact that they printed an extra spell around Snapjaw Swarm itself makes me kind of question my opinion on that, whether there's something that from a design space, Snapjaw Swarm is stronger than I think it's gonna be. Um so I'm holding my breath to before I make any further opinions. Uh, on whether snapdraw Swarm, I think Blood bait is definitely, it's, it's very clearly going to be tied to how good snapdraw Swarm is Whether this card gets played because you inevitably are going to see it in your hand because it's going to be creating that snapdraw Swarm on the top of your deck. Um, so depending on how that good that card is, is how good this card is going to be. So I sure. hold my opinion until I see how effective Snapjaw Swarm is when it's played or just being played in the deck. So
0: uh, I'll hold sure. my opinion ripper's bay bilgewater one mana landmark with lurk when allies attack discard the top card of your deck if it doesn't have lurk another thing in the toolbox of the lurk package for bilgewater i like it i think this landmark is really fun uh i think it's so cool it actually could lend itself to be playing partial Lurk, partial Deep, because it's actually not a bad Deep tool. Um, because you could actually throw it into Deep deck without playing Lurk and just say, every time I attack, I burn enough, I burn a card um, that's going to just propel me towards Deep very quickly. There's maybe better versions of that with Toss. Like, this could discard your Nautilus and stuff. Um, but I think, it's, I think it's a cool card. I'm really glad they printed this one, and Ripper's Bay... Uh, is definitely something I want to experiment with uh, with the Bilgewater Lurk stuff. Uh, DBN, you, uh, any thoughts on Ripper's Bay beyond that? It's a kind of a basic card, but I think it's interesting. The yeah,
2: I, I don't know yet if uh, this is worth the board slot, if this is worth the mana, um, just to really ensure that you hit Lurk every turn. I think it'll depend on truly how much Lurk you have in the deck. This might be necessary if you're running. Um, Bilgewater Lurk with nothing, like no Shurima. But um, if you're running yeah. it with Shirima I don't think this gets this makes the cut. I think that um, one of the more interesting things for me, although I highly doubt it'll be usable, is this, this notably says discard, not toss, right? So I believe that this would trigger discarded cards like Flame Chomper and uh, Survival Skills and Jury Rig and Vision. Um, pretty sure. Sounds right. So that's that's something that I think so uh, got too. me kind of excited from a really <laughs> uh, big big picture kind of like weird ideas perspective.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think there's going to be a build that I'll test with this with just with with Moikai, however um, mm. how are you pronounce him. I think just because of the discard slash toss mechanic with this, I think I would like to make a build where I run no Lurk. I run this card, and the only Lurk card that I run is uh, Snapjaw Swarm and or um, Bloodbait, just to get the free attacks on defense. Um, If I I am able to do that, Um, and then by running no
0: Lurk, you guarantee that this discards something. which unfortunately won't help you with Malkai because Malkai is specifically creatures die or yeah. toss
1: or toss. Yeah. Oh, it's I was toss. toss. But with deep, it so, with deep, it
0: would
1: work. With deep, with deep,
0: it would work. work. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it I would don't know. Work probably towards deep. There's 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 probably an outside build here. There's probably some creative space in this. I think it is a really cool design. I just don't know where it's going. Yeah, go. Not every card has to be sure. a, a bonkers card, you know. <laughs>
0: The list, this is a card that's gotten some talk. Zero mana, slow, bilge, water card. Uh, Rare, it is. Granite ally, vulnerable. If it's already vulnerable, the strongest ally starts a free attack, challenging it. Uh, this is a really interesting card. Another card that gives a free attack. This is going to be able to hand out vulnerable. But if you're already got that vulnerable redundancy, um, then you can get the free attack and maybe get this uh, with. I-, I see this going with Renekton. Like to me, this is like mm-hmm. yep, yep. Like I give something vulnerable. I granted it earlier. I get my Renekton on board. I hit the list. Renekton. Uh, gets a free attack against it, gets the buffs, and then I can attack again with Renekton, pulling something else that's vulnerable, and getting the buffs again, maybe getting him a quick level up. Uh, I think the list is a really good enabler for Renekton specifically. But overall, really cool card. Um, DBN, what do Uh,
2: you think? uh, You got it. I, I don't think there's... Everybody's been excited about this card. I don't really have anything particularly to add past the Renekton thing. So,
0: yeah. Okay, how about you, uh, Gibbles? Anything to add on the list there?
1: I think this is a good card. Um, it makes me a little sad that I think this pushes out from a design perspective. It pushes out another card that I really like, which is Shakedown. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is... Well, Shakedown does target two enemies with vulnerable instead of just the one with the list, and it is a burst speed versus the slow speed. That's kind of the that's kind of the difference with it. Um, you don't tend to like to hurt your own things especially when you're about to challenge something and try to kill it in combat, it makes it a little less viable. Um, I've only really, really seen Shakedown. I run a copy or two of it uh, depending on the meta in my TK Soraka list. Um, but the list, I think, is going to have a wider range of applicability um, to decks in general, even though it's a slow-speed card. I think the, the free challenge is the key here. Um, so
0: I like it. Nice, nice. okay, DBN. I think you're up next, my friend. We're starting into the cards that came out with the pike reveal here.
2: Ah, yes, indeed. um so this is uh the these are the cards right before Pike. um mm-hmm. so we're gonna start with uh the card that has me, you know pretty pretty hyped overall, uh which is the y'all fish. This is an eight mana yeah. bilgewater card. It has lurk, it's a lurker it has 2 attack and 7 defense um so obviously with lurk hopefully by turn 8 you've done it a couple times at least um but its effect is play each lurker ally strikes a random enemy oh my gosh this is yeah, this is this really is the strong. this is what i've been asking for for 8 through 10 drops for months and months is to have big expensive ass finishers actually do something on the board whether it's for your side or your opponent's side and not just be a slow stat block like you need to do something that like big and impactful instantly not delayed value instantly and y'all fish of course uh Needless to say, I think we're all I think I think that uh we're going to have to pour some out for poor old Riptide Rex uh because mm. uh <laughs> Big Brother Yallfish uh yeah, he he's getting the spotlight here. Uh, oh, I I don't it's so self-explanatory. it's it's I don't have anything to say about it. Like we all know how this is intended to be played. We all know what it can do in the right situations. And I think that even in a worst case scenario when you have no other lurker allies, if your eight drop comes down and the first thing it does is ice an enemy unit, I still you can't complain.
0: Yeah, so often it's going to come down and clear most of your enemy's board, if not your entire yeah. enemy's board.
1: <laughs> the only thing I can say about this card is there is slightly more of a telegraph, I think. I mean, I mean, if you yeah, like you just mentioned DBN, if you play this and you have no other allies, lurker allies on board, it's going to have a muted effect. It'll still have an effect, but it'll have a muted effect, but when you see your opponent stack a bunch of lurks on turn 7, and mm-hmm. maybe skip a block, you're in for trouble. Like this is you're there's not gonna be a lot you can do about it unless you have already banked mana. Like this is the kind of card where you're on seven and if you have already attacked and spent some mana trying to get get something through and now you just see after post post uh post attack they just drop lurker, 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 lurker. You know what's going on and there's not much you can do yeah, about this it. This
2: is going to be uh, this is going to be that card that actually Bilgewater says, you have to respect uh, my deck and you have to hold your right of negation. You have to hold your deny because if this comes down and yeah. you don't have it, you lose the game. Um, which is something that with Bilgewater, like a lot of their you know, a lot of their spells and stuff, even when they go and splash in other factions, tend to be a little pricey. You know, three cost uh, and up, especially removal stuff, um, which means it can be really hard to leverage that into actually getting, you know, kills off the stuff. It gets negated pretty often. There was never a big thing that needed to be negated in Bilgewater, and now Yawfish is basically going to say, "Oh, I'm playing Lurk, therefore you always have to hold one of your negation cards."
1: For forever. Mm-hmm. So, so here's my question though around this card, which is relevant: is does this is this going to work on board like Riptide Rex's ability, where it summons four or five or however many no um, attack or effect no. symbols, or is it literally just going to be one icon, one icon that says your ally? Because if icon, you look okay. at the skill, it and says this.
2: each lurker ally strikes a random enemy, so it'll resolve as like a big long thing, but it is but it's one ability, one ability but you yes. can deny
1: it okay i mean that, that it's not a huge difference but it does make deny what i think
2: viable. will be interesting is whether it shows the arrows of what's hitting what um it had it
1: w- mm-hmm. would well, have not to, necessarily because the eye well the eye the eye even on random effects the eye shows how it resolves because isn't, doesn't, doesn't Rex, to commit to it? Yeah. Doesn't Rex, doesn't Rex, they say the same thing well, about Rex's things, strike a random enemy yeah, and with, and, 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 it, and the eye shows well, you when that they too. all pop up because they're all individual.
2: If you hover over Frenzy Feast and you have seven units on board, it's going to be a giant maze. It's, it's going to be like one of those, uh, like, you know, high school quizzes where you have to draw the line from one thing to the matching thing and then at the end it's just a giant freaking <laughs> uh you know bunch of lines everywhere it's a maze you know it's a maze yeah so i mean I, that'll
1: be it will be it'll be bit. interesting to see will uh be. the only thing you'll care about at that point though uh maybe because they might try to attack a spell on one of your units just to make sure they can kill a yeah, it yeah
2: there is counterplay. it's just not a, not a lot There's of it <laughs> <laughs> hey if you the rope becomes if you relevant. kill y'all fish the skill doesn't go through anymore right no, it would, it would still go, still go, through. go through. Right, I'm Earsberger. always unsure about. Yeah, that. it would
0: still go through. It's yeah, not. It's it, not conditional on Yallfish. Oh, if Oh, You right. kill riptide rex. Riptide rex yeah, still, it's still it's goes just, off.
1: It's like if you kill laedra.
0: Yeah, it still, I was thinking
2: about the uh, devourer of the deep and how if you kill devourer because it, you know it, it would fizzle, but that's because it requires devourers. As a condition. Yes, I mean, yeah. Okay, I'm with you. Well, that that's yeah. pretty
0: good. Now, Of course, you fish then would not right. It wouldn't strike something right. It right. wouldn't strike anything, but all of your other Lurker allies will yeah. still strike something.
2: Let's move on so. to the next one. Um, this is going to be a four-mana Demacia card. It is an elite. Here you go, Mark. Uh, mm-hmm. I love it's this called card. Swift oh, Wing Flight. Challenger. So this unit has Challenger, uh, along with most of the other Swift Wings in the game so far. Uh, it mm-hmm. has three attack and two defense, a so little understated for four. It says, play, create a Fleet Feather Tracker blinding assault or Silverwing vanguard in hand okay so fleet feather tracker is the one mana two one that when you play a unit it gets challenger uh blinding assault will yep. is the two mana slow speed spell i think uh that summons uh yep. valor mm-hmm. which is the scout mm-hmm. two one with challenger and then Silverwing vanguard is the four mana two one that creates a copy two one so basically you get to create birds but, uh, ch- all the birds uh that the <laughs> challenge things right but then its attack says give each uh give other challenging allies plus 1 plus 1 this round that's an attack thing so once swiftwing flight attacks other units that you have that are challenging people will get plus 1 plus 1 for the round dang mark elite man
0: get in there yeah i the, the, what this does to elites is it gives it a lot of versatility. Um, now, granted, you're going to get all challenger stuff, but if you only have one spare mana, use the one. If you have two and you can afford to get the scout, get the two. If you have two spell mana, you can you can get it with the two. If you don't have any of that, but you're going to have four mana next round, grab a couple of two ones. If you're if you're on turn eight, you can drop this and get two, when you attack two three twos with challenger, three three twos with challenger. Um, I, I like this card a lot it is hard to find a spot inside of elite decks but anything that's going to lend you some versatility and some ability to make choices is always really strong um in uh in in LOR. and so i like granted all of your choices are similar they're all two ones that get challenger right sure. all of them um but uh but you get to choose a little bit about how you're going to take that and maybe you know, you're not typically going to run blinding assault in your deck, but maybe this is going to give you reason to get that blinding assault in. Plus, your your two two ones are elites when you when you play the birds, you're going to summon two elites with that, so that lends to the elites package. Um, not a lot of thought on it outside of the fact that I I really like it. It's more elite synergy, and this is the most versatile and creative elite synergy that we've seen uh, recently, and I like that a lot. I, I like that they keep pushing Demacia in that I direction. Think just the idea that it has like.
2: It it creates something in hand. It's resource extension in Demacia, which Demacia traditionally doesn't have a lot of. It, that's really impactful. Now, yeah. I mean, it does compete on one of the crowded slots. Exactly. So it competes with Grizzled Ranger and Scouts. It competes with Bannermen and Elites. So it's it's in a it's in a tricky spot. But
0: I I I feel really confident about this card. As someone who's played a lot of Mono Demacia elites with Bannerman, oftentimes turn four is kind of a tricky turn because you don't really have a lot to run in turn four outside of Bannerman, um, because you don't have another four-cost elite that I that I can think of that you run, and so because you're not running Grizzled Ranger in there, um, and so this goes alongside and gives a little bit of redundancy to the elites in your four slot. So if you didn't get lucky enough to draw your Bannerman you can drop this on the board and extend your resources and i like Hmm. it for that reason um sometimes four is actually sort of the place where you die out and you lose board presence that's very common and that's why elites play um uh, Silverwing Vanguard. It's a weak turn four, but oftentimes it plays Silverwing Vanguard simply because you don't have any other, other good options right. on four to play. And you really want a good turn four option because it's taking you into Garen and then into Jarvin. And sometimes you don't have the board that you want to drop Bannerman on yet. And you want to hold Bannerman till you get a bigger board. Or sometimes you you just don't have the Bannerman in hand and you have nothing to play on four. And you're like, shoot, I guess I'm playing another, you know, one mana Cythria here. <laughs> Um, and that's all that I'm doing. And now my opponent's gonna regain board control in turn four, right before I go into my strong turns. This strengthens up that turn four. And for more you, challenger and, thing. and elites is is really impactful. Yeah. So yeah, challenger elites, Demacia, yeah. give, it, give it to me. Resource extension, give it to me.
1: I don't like I don't like the defense stat on this. I really don't because they no. does give your opponent a turn because you have to like, like the ideal turn right is like you talking about how you've got the flexibility to play the one two or the four option mana for what it creates um and ideally you probably drop that at the moment if you've got the mana for it what it does in the meantime though before where this really gets the value is it has to be able to get into the attack to give all the challenger units so it's a lot less of a sweeping buff than bannerman is so it's depending on how consistently you can keep challengers on the board. Um but i don't like that it's got such a low defense stat that it dies to a lot of things and a lot of very main deckable spells or or other options where if you play this let's say let's say you get the the silverwing vanguard and then they mystic shot before you can attack this the your 4 cost guy okay you've got Silverwing Vanguard in your hand. Yeah, you drew a card, and you, you created a card with a card draw, which is valuable, and that's good, and that's not to be overlooked, but it definitely feels worse to me than Bannerman. I think it, Bannerman it, will stay.
2: Well, I think Bannerman will stay too, oh, but you, yes. I think Mark's saying that you're going to complement Bannerman with this and the four drops. Oh, not. sure. I don't see the two... I. I you're right, the weakness of this card is the two defense. I don't see that as a big enough issue that to not run this because um you know this card comes down it yeah, it's a challenger, so it's a threat to their row, which is really impactful, but at the end of the day, you're going to be a um trying to snowball a board and if they spend their removal on this, they're not spending it on something else. Uh and as notably the 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 Smith the elite Armor guy or whatever that it gives plus one plus one this is an elite mm-hmm. if he's down this guy's not two defense he's a four three you know um and then more than that mm-hmm. and this is always kind of what i say like the why i think that like big brain like you always want to gravitate the cards that end up being good are always the ones that do something right away so even if it gets like screwed with you get something like you get a pretty darn good yeah. consolation prize from swift wing flight if they kill it.
1: Okay, uh, yeah, choice. You,
2: it's cu- it's customizable. So I I I definitely think this is a very very potent uh card that's going to see a lot of play in Demacia um
1: just all around. Uh, yeah, Dream, I think I think if you great. will, this is Demacia's pit <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> all right, last
2: one on this uh, little grouping here. List. Sacred Protector, 7 mana Ionia it's it's uh, eight attack yeah. six defense. It says allies with barrier have double attack. Play, yikes! Draw a Shen. It's a Shen boat. I don't know what the heck it's supposed to be because it's not a boat, but it's a it's a thing. I don't know the lore. It's like a
0: Shen altar. I don't. Man, yeah, somebody's
2: going to ha- somebody's going to have to tell us in the Discord what the heck this is supposed to, to be. Uh is it like a portal that he's no walking idea. through? I'm really confused. At the end of the day though, it's a shen boat. I also mm-hmm. think the boats happen to be largely crap with the exception of Leviathan. This does nothing. Uh this is exactly what I was just talking about. The more expensive something is the more it needs guaranteed value i don't think drawing shin is a good enough guaranteed value and it asks you to already have things with barrier to get its secondary effect i think this is pretty garbage but i'm willing to be no i'm not willing to be to to be convinced that it's not garbage nothing you guys can say will convince me that this isn't crap
1: it's an it's another crappy epic if you ask me however and i mean another thing to look at it's got no keywords to it if This it has, doesn't even yeah. it's not even like it has double attack or if itself. it ha- if it, doesn't it, doesn't it had barrier overwhelm yeah. yeah like i just don't understand why this doesn't have any keywords to it because barriers hard ionia to get out is not allowed
2: to have um, good expensive
1: cards that's what i've determined <laughs> I like what they did recently with Mina Swift. What?
2: It's a nine drop. I think that was good. It's so yeah. it all it does is recall. If it killed things, it'd be different.
0: I'll say this. This is a seven mana way to get a card that you never want on seven mana. Yeah, there you go. Next, <laughs> there you have
1: it, folks. Barks. Barks. Uh, real, somebody... real quick. Good to good to know, though. I'm glad it's bad because if it was any better, then I would start worrying that I'm going to see Fiora Shen again, and I really, really, really yeah. don't want to see this. Fiora would Shen never. Again. Yeah. This
2: wouldn't even. Get, a, it would. This would need to be five mana if it was going to get played uh, in Fiora yeah. Shen.
0: Here's a bad way to get a card that you never want to play after you've yeah. played this card. Um, I think this is bad. I mean, Shen is never a, a staple. Shen is always a support card. It literally has support. There's never a point that you want to tutor for Shen. There's times you want to tutor for the only tutor card that we even get that you want to tutor for at that late in the game is so far has been tutoring for uh your uh Swain because Swain and Leviathan combo together so well. You can do it at the end of the round, it's very strong. This is true. This
2: should say summon. Here. Shen,
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, agree. And then it would give it double attack. Shen could yeah be the barrier. Cool.
1: Well, do you guys want to move on to something that's not yes. so crap?
0: Yes, let's let's move on. And guys, this is going to be our last set of the cards. We're actually going to push some of the this. This episode's already like two hours, over two hours long. So we're going to push the last three set of cards into next week when but we get a chance to talk about it. If you but, guys
2: play it at like one point two five speed, then it won't be two uh-huh. hours
0: long solutions yes yes
1: that's true there's there's opinions on throttle
0: but it is after midnight and i still have to edit all of this so uh gibbles and bits why don't you take us through uh this let this last set of cards we're going to talk about tonight it's very exciting set
1: gladly it's my other second set of cards that i get to reveal as champions and i'm really excited about it so let me go ahead and um let me go ahead and, and get it running here so we're talking about pike here the other champion that we know of so far that we've got revealed from this set so pike is a, a four cost champion from bilgewater he has quick attack and lurk so we're gonna see a lot of synergies with the lurk um, he says when i lurk transform me into death from below and his level up requirement is allied pikes have dealt 15 plus damage. Now this is relevant to read what Death from Below is because this is will heavily contribute towards Pike leveling up. Uh, Death from Below is a four cost uh, fast seeds fast speed spell that cannot be main decked. Um, that says lurk. It has lurk and fast, and it says summon Pike striking an enemy. So you will you play this if he if he was lurking on the top of the deck. It uh, turns into Death from Below. When you draw it, you uh, you play this card. Pike appears on the board, striking an enemy, and then Pike now stays around on the board, um, which is which is great. So you got an effect off kind of suddenly, and now Pike is sitting on your board. Pikes level up. He becomes a four cost three, four still with quick attack and still with lurk. And he says, when I lurk transform me into death from below. So he maintains that ability, but he gains the ability of when I kill an enemy, I strike the weakest enemy. So his ability uh, of killing and striking starts to chain. This is very interesting. I don't think we've seen a, um, a champion have this kind of unique and sudden, uh, impact, um, before uh at least not this. in this way so yeah um what do you think mark what do you think do you think pike will oh be God. as impactful as 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 this appears
0: yes yeah yeah I, th- I think pike is pretty bonkers um i think that his his being leveled up um i don't think it's super hard to get him leveled up um allied bikes have dealt 15 plus damage once you start chaining him a little bit um, I think that you will be able to get him leveled up. I think you'll be able to end the game. He's really interesting. He's almost like a control E sort of champion, um, but you, th- his spell is so cool. It's so cool that you transform him into a fast spell that you could throw out in the middle of your attack if you wanted to, or you could throw it out ahead of time, or you could throw it out in response to your opponent. He's like... He's like a, he's just so cool and the spell gets lurked too. So he powers up and he has first strike. Like, are you, there's, there's so much about him. That's like, I actually had to read him multiple times and then I still couldn't figure it out. And then I had to watch the video. Like, how the heck does this thing work with like, do you lose your pikes? You know, you summon them with death from below. I I just think I, I overall just looked at this and I was like, man, this is so creative and so fun. And it's like, man, Pike is coming up out of the depths and grabbing you and dragging you down and targeting the thing. And and he's uh, just, it's cool. It's cool. I just like him a lot. In the fact that he's cool, he might be one of the most flavorful champions in Bilgewater, in my opinion, in terms of the way his mechanic works. And I didn't even play LOL when when he existed. So I don't know much about him at LOL. I know he's an assassin in LOL, and this fits. I know he deals with, you know, deep water in LOL, and that fits. Super cool. I love, love Pike, and I'm really interested in playing around with him uh, in a Bilgewater Lurk deck for sure. How about you, I, DBN? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: I just, I love it. I loved the voice line right, and his, the, 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 the kind of the guttural kind of deepness of his voice. You talked about thematic, and it sounds awesome. I am going to get used to hearing his voice lines, but yeah, DBN, what do you think about the card?
2: Um, I mean, <laughs> it's good. It's good. Uh,
1: <laughs> he doesn't sound so enthused. I'm thinking he thinks it's too good. I, I, I,
0: I think that's my prediction uh, as well. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Well, it, it can be.
2: It's going to necessitate an environment which has removal. Um, because if Pike's out and you strike anything um once he's leveled it chain reaction you lose the game um bone skewer is oh, i'll just can i just say that it's bone skewer is his spell card mm-hmm. his champion spell as some people predicted um which is great obviously because if he's leveled he gets to smack the top thing um before moving back to the top of the deck where he can then lurk and turn back into a death from below and and create this this cycle of of attacking and then jumping back below the surface of the water um you know which is just so cool we talked about reksai like burying back into your deck pike is just dipping below the surface like thematically these things are just so neat and really work with that idea of lurk but in different different ways you know just so flavorful um Quick attack is the biggest thing on this unit, though, and the thing that I kind of want to highlight, because um, you know you you're going to need to be uh, advancing and speeding his level along, outside of just the damage you get from death from below. The way that you're going to do that is going to be by attacking uh, your opponent's units, duh. Uh, but you're also going to want to be handing out vulnerable and stuff so that you can ensure that you're actually leveraging that into a into a board state advantage uh, as well. You want to keep their board sort of managed and maintained because uh, and then anytime they actually try to screw with Pike you want to dump him back on top of your deck with a bone skewer i think this is a situation where you know bone skewer is his champion spell you're probably also running three copies in it as well um, and maybe even you know yep. another card absolutely um, because you want to be you know really concentrating on, on keeping him alive and keeping that cycle of okay he's going to continue threatening you Oh you want to do something about it? Well now he jumps back on top of the deck he'll continue that. He'll get back to you uh, in a round. Um which is just so cool. I I just at the end of the day I think Pike is slightly um I think it's more flexible than people are are even considering because I think um you don't necessarily need to have a bunch of buffs on him uh from lurk for him to be, you know, uh still potent, still useful. Mm-hmm. Um I think that you can definitely find a way to have Pike uh be run in decks that can give him lasting buffs, um, and then just continue, you know, cycling through and then using things to put him back on top, you know, keep him striking. Like I think there's a ton of ways for Pike to be used which doesn't need a full Lurk commitment, especially not a Lurk commitment outside of Bilgewater. I know a lot of people have been thinking Damasia. I've been thinking of that as well. Um I have been thinking with Renekton. Obviously I said that earlier. Um I've been thinking about going into uh, PNZ potentially. Um there's just there's just a lot here, a lot here to work with. And I'll also say, you know what's really cool? Um, once you got Pike on top of your deck, playing an Omenhawk feels pretty pretty sweet. Um yes, so I think that Frailyord has a lot of friends that they can play with with some deck buffing and lurk. Um, especially knowing what you're buffing on top of the deck, I just, I really like, I really like what they've done here. I, I have to say, there may be a, a, this may be broken. There may be some other deck that gets broken after the uh, expansion, but I am feeling probably more optimistic about having fun with this set than any of the other smaller sets. Um, and mm. last time we talked about, uh, Mark and I talked about how. Um, the last set felt like the most effective of all of them, like the one that was going to have the biggest impact, um, and that was partially an overreaction to Zillion, but a very appropriate reaction to Azir- or to Aurelia. Um, but I I definitely yeah. feel like this is going to be the small expansion that is going to have the most positive and, and flexible and enjoyable impact on the game from a deck building and from a, a customized customization perspective um, so I just cannot freaking wait
0: yeah I yeah think I, can, I think I can agree with that as well
1: yeah I think, I think a lot of what we're seeing in this little um, in this expansion is it almost feels like a gateway um, just and I think it's part of the nature of predict. Um, or some of these deck manipulation tools and whatnot that we're seeing. I think this feels a lot like a gateway of creativity yeah. um, that is just going to be uh, really healthy for the game. Um, it's, and I'm excited to see, let's and not not to jump too far away from Pike before I kind of spit out some other thoughts. Um, I think Pike, when we talk about where ideas we think Pike is going to synergize with, I think because of the amount of striking that he's going to be doing, I'm actually really excited to see him strike with... Actually, I'm excited to see him do things with uh, Sivir.
2: Mm. Yeah, Sivir is actually a really interesting concept because if you can get Sivir leveled, handing him spell shield would be exceptionally potent.
1: Um, Well, think think about leveling him up and then just getting three strikes off off of the chains or even just the amount of stuff that he's got um just bang 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 i think that would be fantastic
2: uh yeah no definitely and i think that there is a lot going on uh within pike and the way that you know pike has that you know that overpowering demeanor like you know it, it's it's a it's a time bomb waiting to go off where if you get it leveled it's just over you know if you level pike I just don't see ways that people claw out of it. Now, granted, it's not easy to level Pike either. I mean, fifteen damage worth of striking takes a minute to to kind of build up, and takes a commitment to build up too. So I, I'm just I'm just really thinking that as things develop, and as things get shaken up, and and especially it'll be really interesting to see what the balance adjustments are, because I have no clue. And I don't think any of us will until until tomorrow, really, Um, how that's going to end up playing a factor into how fast the environment is.
1: Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting for sure. I think Pike's got some flexibility. I love it. Um, Yeah, I think that's uh, that's that's a good wrap to to where we think Pike is going to be until we see all the last of Echo.
0: Okay, guys, that's going to do it for this episode. And it was an absolute long episode, but we got a chance to look at a lot of the new cards. Um, Be sure to come back next week and check things out. We're going to dive into a couple of cards we didn't get a chance to get to this week, and we're going to dive into Echo and hopefully all of the balance changes that are coming up. We'll see you guys in Runeterra real soon, and be sure to come back again next week. Thanks for listening to Legends Cast. This episode was brought to you by listeners like you. Don't forget to join our Discord community and support us by leaving us a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. A special thanks goes out to all of our Patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash legendscast.